Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Howdy do, Brian. I'm tired, Jason. I'm tired too, Brian. What you tired yep. about? I went down to see the folks who live uh, ostensibly what should be about a 35-minute drive away from, from where I currently live. But it being L.A., it took an hour and a half both ways. I'm exhausted. Oh, poor babies. <laughs> well, that was the problem. The baby in the backseat. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, oh, that's right. It, it, does, it does bring a whole new dimension to long drives. Oh, yeah. It's like your own private hell. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I got about two hours of sleep last night because I was I've been working on this podcasting class that I'm putting out and oh, uh, do tell. Yeah, it's called Pro Podcasting School. And I got one of those new fancy domains. I got propodcasting.school. Go oh, figure. I see. And it's it's launching soon, apparently. And it it's is a fancy it's, <laughs> scroller site with nothing on it yet. Nothing on it because everything's behind the it's in the curriculum that I'm working on right now. But I've been working my ass off on it. And last night all I could just think about was like I, I got in bed and I'm trying to fall asleep and all I can think about are things that I need to add to it. So I have my, mm. my pen and paper next to the bed. So I have to turn the light on, roll over, write it down, turn the light off, go back, try and fall asleep. Oh, new idea. Roll over, write it down, come back. It's like Alexa, take a note. Yeah. Well, the Alexa's in the kitchen, so I'd have to yell and that might wake up the dog. So. See, you should have, should have kept your little dot. You would have had a use for it now. Yeah. I prefer pen and paper on this kind of thing, but yeah, it's coming soon. Probably about three weeks. Hopefully mm. I've been saying three weeks for four weeks. So I don't know. Hopefully soon. <laughs> Cause I need to get this thing out the door. Yeah. Be good if you made a little cash off this. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I, I've seen so many of these schools out there that are just ripoffs, you know, people who are weekend warriors or just have, you know, a medium level podcast and they try and they just suck people in. And some of these classes cost twelve hundred bucks. And these guys, have, I know a guy that's made two million dollars doing a podcasting class. I believe one of our very earliest episodes was you taking the entire hour and a half or whatever we did back <laughs> in the day and crap crapping on these online schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's the deal, though. I'm I'm in a position where I really need to make some money, it, but I do get I get so many inbound requests now to mm -hmm. teach people how to do a podcast, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make it easy on everybody. Well, it's not easy on me because I got to make the thing, but I'm just going to do the class. It's actually going to cost less than if you hired me to do it because it'll cost you, you know probably close to a thousand bucks. If you want me to start you from zero to podcast, right. this is going to be a third of that. So people can come in. It, trust me, they're going to spend more on their software and their microphones than they are uh, on the knowledge on how to do this stuff. So knowledge is free these days, Jason. No, it's not. You're going to well, fucking pay me that's for what it. People think that it is. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Pay me. <laughs> I agree. So let's do a little follow up last week. Uh, we talked about the gif that caused the seizure. You mean the GIF? No, it's the GIF. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so now we have we actually have a classification for what they're calling it aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. So a GIF is now a deadly weapon. That you know what? If that is the case, I should be able to go back uh, from uh, at least a, about ten years ago when everybody had to forward on every horrible thing <laughs> that they saw on the internet. I've seen people pooping gifts that I did not intend to see because I've accidentally. All of these are deadly weapons, and some of you fuckers, all you friends of mine, you're in trouble now. No, uh, GeoCity should be classified as a genocidal weapon. <laughs> MySpace, <laughs> MySpace, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. 
Oh, That's ridiculous. Fun. Oh, the fun. Yes, it is. It is fairly ridiculous. But uh, and he got a hate crime slapped on top of it. So <laughs> I'll, 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 I, I can go down with the hate crime for, for an image, but I'm not going to call an image a deadly weapon. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, a friend of the show, Nathan Reitzma, or Reitzma, mm-hmm. however you want to pronounce it. It's been a long day. I've had some Jameson. Fuck it. Um, he sent us how to really pronounce GIF dot com. And it turns out, yes, it is GIF. We've been having this argument for 20 years. Well, well, you and I haven't, because you and I have always been in the GIF camp. Because, Brian, we're always right. I know, but nobody <laughs> believes us. Well, if you want scientific proof on why it's pronounced GIF, go to the domain. It'll be in the show notes. But the person that originally made it says it's GIF. Well, he's an asshole. GIF is goddamn peanut butter. <laughs> exactly, and it's spelled with a J. That's right. So uh, you talked about the Big Bang Theory. We had a a very humorous uh, bit on it last week. Um, Mm -hmm. Sadly for you, it's been renewed for another two years. (laughs) Not sadly for me. I've already I've deleted it from my DVR recordings. It shall no longer trouble my existence anymore. Um, It's sad for everybody that actually will continue to watch this piece of crap to see what the hell's going to happen. We just don't need this in the zeitgeist. I think this is bad for for morale, for the for the human human race, you know. It gives geeks a bad name. It does. It really does. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's a, it's a horribly done show now. It used to be really, really funny. The The British, like many things, uh, have, have things right all around. They don't, their sitcoms last three to four years tops and then they caught, they caught, they cut them. That's it. Well, you know, here's the deal. This is, this is basically a story of the internet and technology yeah. in general. When it started, it was really it smart. Was porn. It was really smart and it was really good. Then the unwashed masses showed up, and then they had to dumb it down for every Joe, Dick, and dumbass. And right. now we have the internet as it as it stands, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing that probably happened with this show. So they had to keep dumbing it down and dumbing it down because their ratings got bigger and bigger and bigger, and the 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 the, the IQ like the gross IQ of the audience got smaller and smaller and smaller. So they they went went for the base. I thought when you said this show, you meant us. No, 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 I'm talking. Oh. Well, we do that too sometimes, but we try not to. <laughs> yeah, well, the only plus that comes out of this, and it's not really even a plus, is is that there's going to be some sort of, um, you know, basically uh, salary evening is, is occurring so that the women on the show who actually are carrying the show at this point will be making as much as the men. Uh, the caveat to that being, of course, is that the men took a pay cut to make that happen. Well, here's the deal. No, well, they're not they're not getting as much as the men. They're getting half as much. But Oof. they're they're bit players. They're not the core four or five. Um, so it's uh, Mayim Balak and Melissa Melissa Rauch, who I would argue, I mean, they're not bit players anymore. They are as much in the main cast as the others are. So that's a load of shit. It could be argued, though, that they weren't on the cast from the beginning. So they did not All contribute right, as much to the longevity of the show. That's the only thing. That's what their lawyers are going to, you know, they're going to say. But, it, you know, kudos to the main cast for dropping their, you know, I'm sorry. They went from a million dollars an episode to nine hundred thousand dollars an episode. Oh. Ouch. That hundred thousand per episode's really going to hurt. I know. Nine hundred thousand dollars for a week's worth of work. Um, damn, that's tough. That's some, that's some tough. Not even being funny. Yeah. Yeah. If they were good, I could, you know, stand by it. But, you know. <laughs> Although to be fair, they're not funny again, not their fault. They're not the writers. They don't even do that. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, you know what, guys? For them, good for you. Take the money and run. Fuck it. Yep. What the hell? <laughs> you're gonna Let need it. All it. Burn. You're gonna need it soon. So <laughs> uh, and at least you're not an actual nerd. That's what you have to look forward to being on the cast of the Big Bang Theory. Because if you were 
uh, in a tech company nowadays, I got this great article, or it's a, it's, I'm sorry, it's an infographic uh, mm-hmm. of the average employee age at tech companies. This comes right. from Mark Feidelman on Twitter. I, I don't know who he is, but I just, this was a retweet that I picked up on. Mm-hmm. The only place that we could even remotely have a chance of getting a job, Brian, is IBM because the, the average age at IBM is 38. Wow. Everybody else tops out at like Facebook 28 at the lowest and Microsoft mm-hmm. at 33 at the highest. Everybody else is in that range in the middle. Wow. Yeah, we're old. Yeah, that's that's why we're doing this show. Well, <laughs> we're doing this show, but yes, I'm not entirely sure what else I would be doing. I, I, I you, you would think I'd be able to go work for one of these companies, but nope. looking at my age, probably not. No, and and trust yeah. me, we, we, there's an episode, uh, I think it's episode eight of Grumpy Old Geeks, because I was going back and listening to it, where I talked about uh, my interview process trying to get a tech job, and it's mm. impossible for people of a certain age. We are yes. We are men of a certain age. Yes, we are. Well, speaking of going back and listening to our shows, have you solved our dilemma yet? No, I haven't, because I stopped mm. as I was listening to them. I was thinking, I'm like, man, I should really be sprucing up the show notes while I'm doing this. Because it right. seems like a waste to go through and because we've gotten so many requests from people to like, you know, for the older show notes for all the book reviews and stuff. It right. seems like I should really be able to like, you know, if I'm listening to them, I can just do it and, and spruce up the notes. I didn't have time this week to do that because I've been working. We had a big thing with Shaq on my day show and uh, that took up most of the week. So right. I am going to be going back soon, though, um, as soon as I get this course out the door and fixing all the old show notes and putting in all of our old reviews, because we did a ton of good reviews back in the day mm-hmm. of really good stuff. And I want to I want to make sure that those are, you know, uh, there for posterity, as it were. Yeah, definitely. And make sure that you uh, shoot that over my way so I can add things to our store. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And go check out our store on the site. Yes. Yes. GOG shows slash store. Uh, last week, we talked about the Fiverr advertisement with the uh, flustered woman who was probably going to die of an aneurysm pretty soon because she was working for five dollars a gig yeah Um, how laudable that was and you should go beyond five fiverr if you're that stupid uh, i would just like to point out that the new yorker magazine um has an article called the gig economy celebrates working yourself to death and it uses that photo of that woman as the main piece Mm -hmm. i would just like to say that all of our ideas over the past four years have now gone mainstream so brian it's time for me and you to come up with some new talking points Uh, I'll come up with new talking points as soon as people start to admit we were right. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's ever going to happen. But Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's starting to. Um, in, along with those lines, I have an entire host of other links that agree with everything that we've been saying. Uh, we'll just touch on them really quickly instead of going through them in detail because this is nothing new. If you've been listening to the show, we've been screaming about it. A long time, uh, starting with a four point six million dollar class action lawsuit that Instacart has lost and has to pay to its workers now because they're doing the same bullshit that everybody else is doing by basically saying, no, you're not actually employees, you're contractors. Uh, yes. Uh, so, you know, instead of actually just like the previous one, which I believe was with Lyft that we talked about last week, they Instacart is dodging the bullet and does not actually have to treat them as employees. They just do one big payout and that's that. Yeah. Uh let's we, see. There's people need yep. to fight, god damn it, fight. I know. This is this is the real battle. Let's fight for see. your right to insurance before they take it away. <laughs> yeah. Well, that well, that's not in the purview of the show, but we had some good news <laughs> in that area this week, didn't we? Yeah. So, uh yeah. That went well, didn't it? 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, over at Salon, the new American economy is literally putting us in mortal danger, uh, which talks about uh, overall, it's a really good article. But the the takeaway paragraph here is at the root of this is the American obsession with self-reliance, which makes it more acceptable to applaud an individual for working himself to death than to argue that an individual working himself to death is evidence of a flawed economic system. Bravo. I, Bravo. I, 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 yes. I wasn't I, I wasn't I wasn't rubbing one out. I was actually applauding. I know that I know that my foley can sound like that sometimes. <laughs> Does take about the same amount of time. Yes, that's true. <laughs> hey man, I live alone and I'm single, so <laughs> don't expect much from me, ladies. <laughs> and then at an evening event uh, Friday morning, uh, Treasury Secretary Steve, I'm not entirely sure the correct way to pronounce pronounce his name. But I just like to Munchen. I like to say Munchkin. Munchkin. That's what it looks like. <laughs> and he obviously has the brain of one. Uh, Steve Munchkin said that job loss to technical advancements in AI and robotics isn't even on our radar screen and that he imagines these changes will not affect our economy for more than like five fifty to a hundred more years away. Okay. Um, well, here's the deal. What? Uh, we, well, maybe he should get some LIDAR from Uber, who stole it from Google, because radar is apparently flawed. Uh, well, uh, outside of the fact that that jobs are being lost as we speak already now, um, so and every single article that we've ever read and talked about on the show says it's it's happening now. It will reach. Well, let me get to it because I have follow ups on that. Uh, my favorite response to this was Farad Manju, who is a tech writer, used to be at, I believe, Salon and now is over at, I believe, The New Yorker. Uh, could be Washington Post. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, he replied to this article, maybe get a radar screen that has AI on it. That might help. <laughs> nice. Pretty funny. Uh, immediately followed with a story over at Recode. This is uh, a new study from Price Waterhouse Cooper estimates that 38% of U.S. jobs could be lost to autom- automation within the next 15 years. So obviously he did not see the study because 15 years is significantly less than 50 to 100. Yeah. 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 Fun times. And and then finally, there's a fun little site called Zero Hedge. Uh, You kind of have to take this with a bit of a grain of salt because the name of the author of the article is Tyler Durden. (laughs) Okay. And uh, the site's tagline itself is on a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. So you're not expecting happy news over here. But to be fair, he does back everything up with statistics and reports and links, etc. That basically says the retail apocalypse has officially descended upon America. All retail is dead and dying. And uh, so that means a lot more jobs going. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wave yep. them. Wave them. Goodbye. And so that's the happy follow up for this week. <laughs> Our typical normal happy intro and follow up. Yes. All right. Let's move on to the news. Oh, Uber, you're in trouble. In the news. Oh, poor Uber. Uber, Uber, Mm. Uber. Oh, there's so much good Uber. In fact, uh, as we were about getting ready to record, Jason got sent me a, a note saying he was all excited because he found a new Uber link he had to put in. And then I one upped him with an even better one. Yeah, yeah. You definitely got a plus one on my okay. plus one of the plus ones. <laughs> OK, Uber, you're, you're the next probably 10 minutes. Here we go. Uh, let's let's try and keep it to five. I think we could run through this pretty quick. Well, um, uh, an Uber car was in an accident in Arizona and actually rolled one of their Ooh, Volvos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Volvos are very safe. And uh, turns out that the cops say that it was not the Uber's fault. The other guy oh. cut him off and flipped him over. Okay. Um, 
and there was no passenger at the time, no major injuries. But if you look at the photos of it, it looks pretty gnarly. Was this a self-driver? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was not mentioned. It was a self-driver with a safety uh, driver. It, it, well, it says Uber driverless car in the in the title. So. Oh, there we are. Okay, my bad. <laughs> can't really can't really say it any bigger than that. But yeah, um, the interesting thing about this is that uh, the, the the investigation is still ongoing. But okay. the other person was at fault, from what the cops say. Okay. And uh, in follow up to that, I found a nice article on Wired. It says Uber self-driving crash proves we need self-driving cars because we are basically in the age of fucking cell phones and unbridled narcissism where everybody's <laughs> doing everything but looking at the road. Uh, uh, episodes one through this one, me complaining about trying <laughs> yeah. to walk down the street in Santa Monica where nobody can be bothered to fucking look up. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I, you know, that's that's what turned me around to self-driving cars in the first place is I was sick of almost getting killed by people driving. Yeah. So the you know the thing about this is it's like yeah yeah we need them faster and faster but I think that they missed the point because yeah they're saying that we need self-driving cars now because they're safer blah 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 but it this actually comes back to your point which I'm going to concede from a long time ago you're like it's all or nothing because well, if there's still assholes on the road it's going to cause more problems but you know it's 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 glass half full glass half empty I I'm happy to hear you concede yet again to to one of my longstanding ideas, um, that one and along with the security, which you will eventually uncover. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's more of a problem to have a dual system out there, to have self-driving cars and then regular people out there driving on the road. I, I think it has to be all or nothing. Um, it's And that's well, what we're gonna seeing. There's going to be a happy medium. That's what I'm saying, though. I, I You know, I think dense urban centers all self-driving you you get out on you know the main highways connecting major cities let people take it take the wheel yeah uh i mean yeah. it comes back to you just think about how how pissy people get when you talk about their guns where do you get to their cars jesus fuck wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah we'll see what happens yeah we have a very big gun in car culture here so but it, we'll i mean it's, it's it's again it's the one of the other things that we talked about i think this was two or three episodes ago um was was the vast disparity in the reporting on driverless cars some of these some of these articles say look how close we are to self-driving cars other articles say this is 20 30 years off before we're these things are going to be viable which is it uh the latter <laughs> we're yeah, definitely that's... leading towards the latter yeah i think so too and the next one that I that was the one that I put in, it's called Inside Uber's Self-Driving Car Mess. This mm -hmm. comes from Recode. It's a super long read going over all their troubles, especially with auto and some of the stuff that I didn't know about restructuring of the leadership and uh, all the big names in in the space, like all their engineers who are quitting and starting mm -hmm. their own shops, which <laughs> to me makes a shit ton of sense because well, these guys are in such demand. Well, it's also it's Uber who have made no no secret of the fact that they want to screw everybody, every one of their employees over. Yeah, so but these are the engineers people, who are doing the screwing, so they should well, be in the in the canary seat, you know? No, they're not. They're they're just they're still paid people. Sure, they're paid more than the drivers are, but they don't have a piece of the pie, so they're quitting to go start up to make their own damn pies. Right, and that and that's what I'm saying. That's very smart because right yeah. now the acquisitions for these companies like Auto. Mm -hmm. Are just you know it's these guys are just going to be the next round of billionaires if they can play their cards right because they're going to take take stock in all these companies and they're the ones building the tech and so it makes sense it's like okay I get paid one hundred fifty thousand dollars at Uber right now 
But me and my three buddies who are building like the most sensitive systems for this car that they want to put out. Well, why don't we just say, fuck you. We're going to go over here. We're going to start our own shop. You come back in a couple months or a year or so and acquire us once we've gotten our patents and we'll move on from there. And then we at least have a giant nut to move forward with. I think it's I think it's smart on their part. You know, screw Uber. Who cares? Yeah. Take their money. Of all the companies that are out there right now, the company that probably has the least amount of loyalty to their employees is admitted self-admittedly Uber. So screw them. Well, yeah. And then we get on to (laughs) the president, Jeff Jones. We Mm -hmm. just missed this one last week. So this is a little bit old news. So we'll make it quick. Um, Yeah. The president of Uber quit because he didn't really understand how bad it was in there. And it's like this. (laughs) I didn't sign up for this. These guys are This is ridiculous. So, but, you know, Ariana's over there now. She's going to fix it all. Oh, yeah. Darling. Darling, I fix it. Darling. You cannot be mean to women, darling. No, no, no. You don't stick it in the hole until she says yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's my Ariana Huffington. Yes. Okay. And uh, Vice President Brian McClendon also left. Uh, he was Vice President of Mapping. This right. one caught my eye because he was at Google for 10 years in the mapping department, left, went to Uber, and has been there for two years. But with the lawsuit that's coming from the guy who left auto and came over to uber and they're claiming that he took the lidar specs so maybe this is kind of a preemptive move on uber's part to say ah he doesn't work here anymore we don't have anything special we're leaving you know it's all good um just to just to kind of put any ip theft uh to bed like i I bet anybody that ever worked at google and went to uber is probably getting their walk-in papers right now they say this guy's going to be you know an advisor and all that stuff and he's moving back to kansas so he can explore politics I wonder who might be funding his first campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I wonder too. So now, now let's talk <laughs> about the best story of the week, which I give you full credit for because this is awesome. <laughs> this is breaking. I did not. I mean, Mashable isn't the most amazing source, but I picked this one. It's everywhere. It's on the Wall Street Journal. It's on New York Times. It's everywhere. I picked Mashable because I really enjoy the the way that this was laid out and written by uh, Emma Hinchcliffe over there. Um, talking about people that from Uber that probably should have quit. Ah, well, this happened on Friday night. Uh, CEO <laughs> Besides Travis- Kalanick? Yeah, Kalanick, CEO and senior vice president of business, Emil Michael, were in Seoul, Korea, where they took some Uber staffers out to and she, this is now I'm just going to read from her because I like the way she wrote this. Wait for it. An escort karaoke bar in Seoul where male Uber managers picked women working at the bar out of a lineup. Again, where Uber managers picked women working at the bar out of a lineup. Women working at the <laughs> escort karaoke bar out of a lineup. Oh, yes, this is real. A female Uber manager who was part of the business trip months later reported the incident to Uber's human resources department. But it wouldn't be a story about Uber unless there was another Uber sized screw up within it. And oh, yeah, there's definitely one of those, too, because Michael tried to get Kalanick's then girlfriend, violinist Gabby Holsworth, to lie about it. One more time, tried to get her to lie about it. Ah, see, I got to read Mashable more often. This is good. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's some good work there. So thank you for that story. And uh, good luck with that, Ariana. Ah, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> when you when the CEO of the company is taking people out to a fucking escort bar, you've got some problems. That reads some like some Deadwood shit right there. Doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Cocksucker. Yeah. Switching. Now, this next one. We, God, we do have a lot of Uber in here. I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. 
But this is just it. I mean, God, this is on a platter. I wish John Stewart was still around so he could do it better justice than we would. Um, <laughs> this comes from uh, Quartz. A single ride in London could wind up costing Uber hundreds of millions of dollars. Hmm. Londoner Joy, or was it Jolion Magum? This is oh, a tough one, especially <laughs> today. Yeah, Jameson. Um, yep. Uh, took an Uber this morning. For the service being driven from his office to Uber's UK headquarters, he paid $12. Had the driver known what the accomplished tax lawyer was about to do next, he would not have accepted the ride request. So um, this guy was taking a, a letter to hand deliver to Uber's law- or lawyers, basically, yep. at the headquarters, suing them for 68 Oh, wait, no, he's suing the $68 billion startup. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. But he's suing them for a shit ton of money because they're not paying VAT, which is yeah. value-added tax, which uh, basically is 20% of yes. just about everything that you do in England. Yes. The case hinges on a statutory entitlement that every UK citizen has to ask for a VAT receipt. The receipt mm-hmm. is proof that the supplier of said goods or services is paying a certain amount to the UK government. Right. Well, at the heart of the matter is how to define a service – Uber says that its drivers are quote unquote self-employed, which means yes. any VAT owed should be paid by the drivers. Right. Fuck you, Uber. Yeah. Well, that's what Uber does. Yeah. They're, they're trying to weasel out of it on another loophole. And since you have to make $100,000 to pay VAT, they're thinking mm-hmm. that they can have their drivers, which are never going to make $100,000, even though we've read how many articles to the contrary. Right. Way to go, guys. Well, and now let me tell you why none of that matters at all. Okay. Because nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares about how bad Uber is. Nobody cares about how badly they treat the employees. Nobody cares about how they try to screw over local governments. Nobody cares how they try to screw over uh, national governments. Nobody cares that the CEO takes uh, their employees to hooker bars because uh, they've had their best week ever in the U.S. Nice. Everybody is still fucking using them. Yeah. <laughs> you so, know, there you go. So it doesn't again. It does not matter what you do anymore. It really doesn't. The only thing that's going to change this is if you have a one in three chance of getting murdered in the back of an Uber. That's the only thing that's ever going to change people's minds. Apparently, those are the only stories we will bring up about Uber anymore to try to drive it home. Look, I deleted Uber. I haven't brought it back. I I put my money where my mouth is. Screw Uber. The hell with them. And uh, Alphabet has nabbed a new VP as it gears up for government battles over self-driving car regulations. All right. Yeah, we have a new lobbyist for Alphabet. Uh, Takedra Mawakana. She's the new mm-hmm. vice president of public policy and government affairs. All right. Um, she's got like mad creds. She comes from eBay, Yahoo. She was Yahoo's uh, deputy general counsel. And mm-hmm. before that, about a dozen years at AOL. But right. she's coming in to uh, be their basically uh, government liaison. All right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, we're going to need them. There's no doubt about that. So. What we need now is an anti-liaison because, you know, you can't pass one bill without getting rid of two. So. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they, they should really. Yes, I forgot about that. That's the, you know, most, most the smartest fucking system <laughs> I've ever thought of in the world. Yeah. We have too much stuff. We have too much regulation. We can't have a new one unless we get rid of two. Well, we're killing the EPA. We're killing public broadcasting. We're killing the national park. So we got a bunch right there. So they should have some cachets stored up for uh, getting some new stuff through. You know? Awesome. God knows, you know, the, the FAA needs a couple extra for their drone uh, programs. But no, nah, yeah. you got to get rid of some before you can add some new ones. Wait, That's go. right. Way to mm-hmm. go, pisshead. Um, and everybody is jumping ship from YouTube advertising right now. 
Right. This is a big one. A bunch of uh, people in the UK, some of the big banks, AT&T has dropped their support. That's a big mm-hmm. one. You got yep. you got to know that's got to sting and get some people, get some fires lit under somebody's ass. But the big problem is YouTube's ads are algorithmically placed. So uh, we're seeing ads for all of these big companies showing up on hate videos and terrorist recruiting videos that YouTube is allowing anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. ISIS brought to you by AT&T. It is. <laughs> So uh, this is this has been a big one this week. We've got a couple of links in the show notes for this. Uh, Look, definitely, uh, this is this is uh, this has been a problem with with a lot of these companies since the get go. And I'm not even saying Web 2.0 companies. I'm saying Web 1.0 companies. The, to try to position yourself as as a a non involved third party who only provides a platform is cute, but it's not realistic. And that's what they're all trying to do. Yahoo wants to, or YouTube wants to throw, well, Yahoo, all of these places, they want to, any place that hosts third-party created content and makes bucks off of it, wants to throw their hands up in the air and say, not, not our job, not, we're not responsible. All we do is provide the means of dissemination and it's up to you people what you put up there. That's a load of crap. You're making money off of it. You got to start policing this stuff. You're a network. The problem with this is, yeah, you know, ISPs have safe harbor regulations, these guys mm-hmm. are content companies, so they yeah. do need to police it if they're because they, you know, if you're this is one of the things I learned when we were doing Star Trek. If you allow like when we allowed live chat and if somebody yep. did hate speech, we were liable for that because if yes. we allowed that to happen on our website, then we are liable for it. We did not have safe harbor provisions back then, but this is the same thing because we, we were a commercial entity. We were making mm-hmm. money off of that website. So. YouTube is making money off that website. So, you know, Safe Harbor should be pulled from that saying that, no, they're not just providing content for people because they do have terms and conditions that say you cannot put these types of videos up here. So if it gets past their filters and then they run ads against it, they should be fucking liable for it. Yeah, they are. But it doesn't, you know, again, it doesn't matter. All that matters is money. So the fact that actually advertisers are now starting to pull is the only thing that's going to actually change stuff. So hopefully it does now. Yeah. Go to the wallet. Always go to the wallet. I hate DoorDash. You, yeah, yeah. We, I've had an episode where I complained exclusively about DoorDash <laughs> in my upside down enchiladas that came twice. Uh, now they're going to have robots out there delivering. How does one tell if an enchilada is actually upside down? Because on the, the delivery box, which is mm-hmm. a black plastic on the bottom and a clear plastic on top, if all the cheese is on the clear plastic, your enchilada has gone upside down somewhere in transit. If you have to scrape half your food off the top lid to get it Mm. to the bottom, that means it has gone, uh, you know, ass over tea kettle at some point. (laughs) So DoorDash is now going to be uh, running tests of a six wheeled delivery robot fleet. Okay, I'd be fine with this if my enchilada made it in one piece, because God knows the humans that they hire at DoorDash are useless, utterly useless. (laughs) Yeah, this is occurring in Redwood City, California, which is relatively low population. I'd love to see this try to happen in Venice or Santa Monica. Oh, my God. You'd have people out there putting their cats on top of the DoorDash robots and taking videos of the cats riding on top of the robots. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, no food would ever arrive. There'd be like a note in there saying, thanks, that was delicious. Everybody hates humans. Everybody hates humans. Understandable. Walmart is going to start deploying in-store drones. Mm hmm. Now, 
are they referring to the 85 year old employees that greet you at the front <laughs> well they've already got those oh okay no they, they the new patent describes dispatching an airborne drone to an item located within a retail shopping facility securing that item of inventory to the airborne drone and then directing the airborne drone to carry the item of inventory to a delivery area located within the retail shopping area what could possibly go wrong yeah, well, they're, what they're trying to do is they're gonna it, it, they're trying to stop pickers. You know, if you work in a yeah. warehouse, you're called a picker. So you get your invoice, and then you have to go pick it, and then you put it on the conveyor belt, and then it goes out to the customer. What they're okay. trying to do is in the inventory area, not in the main customer area, not in the store, but in the back warehouse. Have gotcha. drones go and pick things up and bring them back and and lay them down. They're gonna have to really beef up the soundproofing. Because I don't, people, people like come up, they, they come up with these thoughts and they don't realize how loud drones are. No, it would sound like a, like a, a beehive waiting to, you know, attack the customers. <laughs> well, Canada, much like the uh, Europe, has a much better grasp on these things. And they've released a whole new set of regulations for drones. Uh, these apply to non-commercial drone operators flying aircraft weighing between about half a pound up to 77 pounds. Uh, violators can face up to three thousand dollar canadian fine which roughly is about twenty two fifty at the moment u.s um <laughs> Ooh, tough, tough one there yeah uh, you know for not you know a lot of people that's that's a significant amount of money uh but a whole new set of regulations uh, they're all in the article we won't go through it but at least they're trying to do something about it and don't have to wait to get rid of two other rules before putting in a rule that would make sense now no no just to just to cover this twenty two fifty are you mm-hmm. saying twenty two hundred and fifty or twenty two dollars or twenty two dollars and fifty cents $2,250. Okay, okay. Now, now that makes more sense because if it was $22.50, I'm like, uh, they just have a $1,000 drone, so they're not hurting for cash. No, no. But- the, the fines are basically almost 60% higher than they are in the U.S., and they're, uh, all the rules are a lot stricter. You can't fly higher than 300 feet. Uh, you can't uh, you can't be more than 1,640 feet away from the operator. They can't be within 250 feet of buildings, vehicles, vessels, animals, people, or crowds. Oh. You, can't do, you can't fly them at night. You can't fly them in the clouds. You can't fly them within 5.6 miles of an airport or any other facility where aircraft take off. You can't fly them within uh, 5.6 miles of forest fires. If your drone does not have your name, address, and telephone number labeled clearly on the aircraft, you will get fined. And you cannot interfere in any way, shape, or form with first responders or police. All eminently sensible. Good for you, Canada. Now, I yeah. wonder I wonder how they uh, take our wireless data usage up there. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, they have one company. They've got Rogers, who likes to Roger the citizens all yes, the time. <laughs> um, so we're, we're screwed. We're done. Yeah. This whole thing passed the House. It has to, or uh, passed the Senate. It has to go to the House about what we talked about last time, how basically all of your internet providers will be able to sell your browsing data to the highest bidder. Yeah, and we'll run through that a couple points in the security segment, so exactly what they'll be able to do now. Yeah, so uh, it's over. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've got one more house house to get through, but uh, it's not looking good. It's really not looking good. So that Pornhub that you go to all the time, (laughs) might I recommend you go to gog.show slash VPN and uh, end around your ISP. So when you go to that Pornhub uh, lunch break that you have, mm-hmm. we know you do, that it won't get tracked by your ISP. Because if you use a VPN, they can't see where you go to. Yeah, if this passes, uh, I think a VPN is going to be required. Uh, if you'd be dumb not to have it. So, And we are investigating. We do, we do recommend private internet access, but uh, 
since a lot of people are moving to more VPNs, we're looking towards uh, giving you guys a couple more options that are more global friendly. So mm-hmm. we're going to have some new VPNs to uh, talk about in coming shows because nope. I've been investigating about, I think I've checked out about 12 of them so far. And I found two that, that I also like. So we're going to give you more options based on your location because some of them are more uh, more centered around certain locations where they have more servers that you can connect to. So we want to have mm-hmm. more options for the listening audience on where they can connect and get uh, their VPN service from because we are, we're very behind <laughs> VPNs. Yep. Now, New York. Mm-hmm. They're going to try and bring broadband to everyone in the state by 2018. Everyone in the state? Okay. Everyone in the state. There's a lot of uh, very low, <laughs> low density areas in New York State. That's so. the problem because a yeah. lot of these farmers that are way out in the boonies can't mm-hmm. get broadband and they can't wire up those towns. They're not going to like you know run the cables out there, and it's very hard for these guys to get online. So these guys are uh, really trying to push internet for everybody in New York. Well, good on you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, good. I, I hear Google has some balloons for sale. <laughs> yes. You'd be loony if you got a loon. <laughs> so we'll see if this works out. But they're uh, they're trying to run fiber to some of these uh, out of the way places. And hopefully they'll make it work. This is a this is like a new story. And we're going to be following it for the coming months for sure, because I really hope this works, because I unfortunately I live in Illinois, the most corrupt state besides Washington, D.C., in the, in, the, in the nation, because Washington, D.C. isn't a state. We'll, we'll see how this pans out, and hopefully they'll be the blueprint that other states can go from. Cool. That would be nice. We'll see what they do. Google. Has, yeah, uh-huh. I, know, I know you love the AIs. Oh, yeah. I know you love them. Google mm-hmm. has created an AI that can learn almost as fast as a human. Okay. I would like to know what they use as Which the baseline human? for a human. <laughs> <laughs> this really is the... Uh, the issue it's like what's your baseline here because i've been to mcdonald's um look i can't get i can't get a burger with the things i ask for so if you can if you can get me a we we know we have the burger flipping ai but if we can get the condiment ai i'm in if the ai is as smart as say nick frost character in any of the movies particularly Shaun of the dead i'm not terribly worried yeah (laughs) yeah definitely we're we're okay yeah google's deep mind has said that they've uh figured out some new systems that learn 10 times uh, more slowly than humans, but they're mm-hmm. uh, creeping up on the the threshold. So we'll see. Uh, it'll okay. soon reach human level speeds is what they're saying. All righty. And, and that's the whole thing. Is this stuff exponential? Like, you know, once they hit a threshold, does it like exponentially grow? And that's what Kurzweil is always worried about. It's like once it hits that tipping point, then yeah. 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 That's when we get. Well, then, then it's too late. Then we have Skynet. And you first has an AI powered emotion engine that launched to help YouTube stars find their power moments. I I don't even need to go into this at any point because the title is so ridiculous that somebody is creating an AI to help YouTube stars find their power moments. Just think about that for a minute. Somebody has built a business about this, gotten funding and spent human hours to build something like this. A lot of money in the YouTube stars, Jason. I, we're too old, but a lot of money in it. I think that somebody should just win uh, win all the monies for for coming up with that branding moment right there, the emotion engine. Uh, I feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got out of the game. Yeah, that is why we got out of the game. <laughs> uh, and Japan has no fear of AI. 
apparently, because well, they think it could boost growth despite population decline. These they are, also sell panties from vending machines, so I'm not entirely sure that they're always right. Well, you think about this for a minute. You know, I, I look at my friend Joey, who runs the MIT Media Lab, and he is the most optimistic tech guy in the world, and he's Japanese. So maybe it's a cultural thing where they think that these things are going to save the world, not destroy us in a ball of fire. It's also a cultural thing in Japan that young boys are dying alone in their apartments doing nothing but playing video games and interacting with uh, with AIs. Yeah, but that happens here, too. So, the, you know, there's that. <laughs> yeah, that happens here, too. And in, especially in Korea. I think it's more in Korea than Japan, but... Well, going along those lines, I've, there was a great article in Recode. We think technology can solve the world's problems, but it can't even stop robocalling. So... This is a very long thought and well thought out thing talking about how robocalling is basically and the do not call registry and all these things that should theoretically with technology be able to stop all these calls that keep happening. But they can't because there's always two sides to the technology, isn't there? There's the side that's trying to fix things. And then there's the other side that's trying to make a buck. White hat, black hat. Yep. Um, I don't know about you. Do you get many robocalls? I didn't for years, and just in the last six months, it's really ramped up. Here's the thing that is just insidious with what these people are doing now. So my phone number starts with 415-535, and yep. what they're doing now is they're getting blocks of numbers in that that last 10,000 block and yep. robocalling me from those numbers. So they so they want me to pick up because they, they want me to think that it's somebody that's calling from my, my hood. And... Right. I don't know anybody in 415 anymore. I left. Fuck San Francisco. The call's coming from within the house. It is. It is totally coming from within the house. But thank you for like pointing out that uh, I don't need to answer the phone when you call because nobody has a 415-535 number that I know. Who the hell calls without an email or a text or something first? Uh, I just don't even answer the phone anymore. Oh, God, no. Why would you do that? Why would it, I do that? Unless it's on the calendar and I know you're calling and I know the number you're calling from, I will yep. not pick up the phone. That That's it's just, just it's barbaric. It's it's my parents or it's a <laughs> robocall. That's it. So anyways, uh, one of our favorite sites, Medium. Medium. Uh, they've launched a subscription service. Oh, really? Yeah, because for $5 a month, you will get access to something. Uh, something? At, what, what is some, it? At some point. Nothing yet. So, There's nothing. There is literally nothing you get yet, Jason. It says upgrade now and become a founding member of Medium. Join us for our next chapter as Medium becomes the most rewarding platform for the world's writers, thinkers, and storytellers. What do you actually get? Fucking nothing. Where does your money go? Somewhere. And at some point you'll get something, but they're not <laughs> saying what it is. You know what? I bet they have probably 100,000 subscriptions already. <laughs> Unbefucking believable. Way to go, Ev. I, <laughs> I know, I know. He said that there's, you know, we're the the advertising industry's dead. We're not going to do advertising, but this just can we just have five bucks, guys? It kind of really, you know. At least Ello gives you a shirt. Seriously, I have I have my Ello shirt. <laughs> you don't even get a medium shirt. I think we should. Oh, okay. By the time this episode goes to air, we need to make we need to make shirts to say I sent five bucks to Medium and I didn't even get the stupid t shirt. And we'll sell them for ten bucks. Perfect. There we go. Oh man. Uh, yeah, so Medium did that. Okay. And speaking of Evan Williams, who uh comes from Twitter, 
Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're grasping at straws. They might be doing a paid subscription for power users. I think that they should just do a paid subscription for nothing. If it works for Medium, why can't it work for Twitter? Yeah, seems to be. You could just say, at some point, we'll give you something. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're trying to enhance TweetDeck, which is kind of one of their little bastard side projects that power users use when you have more than one account. I hate TweetDeck. It's terrible. It is one of the worst things I've ever used. But uh, a lot of people still use it when they're, you know, watching their mentions and seeing who's talking about them and not getting any fucking work done. Uh, I can't stand it. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to pay them for it. If they I mean, if I ran a social media consulting company, I might give them a few bucks, but I don't because I hate those people. They are the scum of the earth. But right. Because they're untalented assholes who can't find a real job by creating something new. Uh, let me tell you how I really feel, Brian. Uh, you did. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I am so sad about this. Virgin America, my favorite airline in the world. Gone. Done. Uh, yeah. Knew, I, I, was yeah. A, I was a fan. I was always, a, I'm still a fan of Virgin Atlantic. And just what this, your takeaway from this entire bloated, what, way too long news uh, segment from us is if you actually do something and you do it well, you go out of business. If you don't, you ask for five bucks for fucking nothing and you get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's going to Alaska Airlines, which granted they have nice cheap flights that you can get. I, they're fine. I like them. They're fine, but they're no Virgin America. They're no Virgin America. So they're, you know, 2019, they're going to be, they're going to be scrapping Virgin America. Uh, so this year, unfortunately, my flights to California I'm flying every crap U.S. carrier that I can find to save a few bucks. None of them are Alaska, but uh, actually, no, I take that back. One of them is Alaska. My 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 shuttle flight from uh, San Jose to Burbank is an Alaska shuttle. But yeah, um, I miss I miss Virgin America. When I flew on them, they were just the best. They were the best, and the the captains and the pilots had those cool leather jackets, like you know, back from World War II. <laughs> Yes. And the cool hats and they would come out and greet you, like greet the cabin. It was so cool. They, they they did it right. You know, kudos for Richard Branson for doing an airline right. Sadly, even Richard Branson can't make this thing fly. Yes. And that's why they're out of business. They did it right. Security. Ha! Welcome back to Security ha, 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 with Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire. What's going on, Dave? Hello, gentlemen. Good to be back. Good to be back. What's uh, what's the latest from you guys? Are you keeping safe and secure this week? I have a, I have a condom over my entire computer. It is safe no. as can be. I can't type, there you but go. there it is. There you go. All right. Very good. <laughs> yep. My computer is ribbed for my pleasure. Exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah, all right. Well, all right. Well, let's jump in. <laughs> So uh, we saw a story uh, this week that uh, the world's first computer virus hit the Apple II 35 years ago. Uh, hard to believe. And, and I, as, I, as we were saying uh, before we got started here, I actually remember this virus happening uh, in real time. You know, I, I, when it happened, I remember, I remember it. And, um, you know, back then, of course, there was no Internet to get this sort of information uh, as it, <laughs> like I read about it in a magazine, you know, like I, like yes. this month's issue of Byte Magazine showed up and <laughs> I remember Byte <laughs> Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I think everybody subscribed to Byte Magazine right up until the moment when they didn't. Yes, and, um, <laughs> that's how that works. I looked yeah. everywhere until I found my keys. It was always it's always in the last place you look. Well, because it's you stop looking, works. you moron. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, I, I think this is interesting because um, you know the guy who did it was a, at the time he was 15 years old. Um, his name was Rich Skrenta. And he was really just doing it for fun. It, there was no malice. Um, he really just wanted to see if he could do it. And it was just a fun little prank. And um, and yet it was clever. You know, you'd, you'd uh, put your disc in. And uh, any of you guys, um, did you guys have much uh, experience with Apple IIs back in the day? I was a PC guy back in the day, which is why I remember this as well, because deep in the PC Mac wars, it was always hearing from the Apple folk, ha, we don't get viruses, ha ha, that's the domain of the PC, and I would go, well, <laughs> as a matter of fact, we'll, we'll how get things to that. change. Yeah, I had an yeah. IBM XT in a, in a bunch of different clones and everything, up until my first Mac, which was a 2CI, when I got the yeah. job at Kinko's. Okay. Well, my, so wait, this is before really PCs and Macs. So, you know, this is when we were talking Apple twos, um, TRS. Oh, no, no, no. Everybody, all my my friends that had an Apple two were smug little bastards. They were like, (laughs) I'm an Apple house. I'm like, "Uh, that's because you're rich and your daddy's a doctor and he's sleeping with his nurse. So your mommy's going to be sad. So go play with your Apple. (laughs) The more things change. <laughs> yes, I, I cannot disagree with your assessment there. Uh, be, and, and, the, and, and I am not at all bitter by the fact that uh, with the money that I saved from my paper route, all I was able to afford was a TRS-80 color computer. And I coveted my friends whose, uh, in fact, my best friend whose parents got divorced. So to try to make, up, make it up to him, his father bought him a totally, completely loaded Apple II um, with everything. He was definitely and, uh, sleeping with the nurse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at the time, I was really jealous and disappointed that my parents stayed together. Uh, <laughs> Dad, come on, sneak around so I can get a good computer. Right. They yeah. They recently celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary. So Holy I guess simoleons. You know, That's crazy. I know. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. But um, you know, back back then, uh, the the sound of those Apple uh, those Apple II floppy drives. They made a very specific grinding noise. Um, you can go look it up on YouTube, I'm sure, if you want to hear it. But I'm sure uh, somebody set the the Empire theme to uh, yeah. the music from an Apple II drive, I'm sure. That's right. Oh, That's yeah. right. So I have great affection for that sound. Okay. So did you ever get the virus? Um, no, I don't recall ever actually seeing the virus. I certainly heard about it, um, I think, because, of course, at that time, there was no real network way for a virus like this to spread sneaker net well right but but yeah but that takes that takes a lot of time so uh (laughs) no i did not actually see this in the wild you know there were dial-up bbs's back then bulletin board systems um but this virus wouldn't have spread through something like that so this is one of those things that was more like legendary like oh wow that guy's so cool he did this thing and you know the <laughs> fact that it it was sort of harmless and i don't believe he actually got in any trouble for it and it made it all the more legendary 
Um, but, um, you know, 35 years ago, boy, time flies. Do we know what happened to this guy? Is he like running the NSA's like cyber ops now? No, I, you know, I saw this story. I saw a different article in this story earlier this week and someone had tracked him down and interviewed him. And it sounds like he's, you know, leading a, a pretty normal life. Uh, nothing, nothing uh, exceptional or bad either way. Um, but uh, he said that just how strange it is that, you know, 35 years later, people are still talking about him for something he did as a teenager, basically to to um, to help teach himself um, assembly language. OK, so he, pe- he peaked early. I actually Googled this. Nope. No, he didn't peak early. Um, he's actually quite successful. He started up a search engine that none of us have ever heard of in the late 2000s, oh. but was bought out by IBM for their Watson computer system. So he's still doing quite well. What was it called? Because you, you can't say that we've never heard of it without like at least throwing out the name to give us a challenge there. What was All right, it? You, you owe me a beer if you haven't heard of it. And you have to you have to be honest. It okay. was called Blecko. Blecko. Oh, what? Oh, okay. I was going to say if it was B-L-E-C-C-O, then I didn't know you a beer, but it's B-L-E. Okay. What kind of beer beer would you like, Brian? (laughs) All the beer. All the beer. Yes. You said a beer, so you don't get all the beer. I will. You you win a beer. No, I have never not heard of that. Well, good. Good to know that he's doing well. Uh, You know, he sounds like he was uh, uh, quite precocious back in the day. Yeah. For 15. Good. Good on you. So a little follow up on uh, the the Trumpian phone scandal. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks like he's moved from Android to iPhone. Well, at least whoever is sending his tweets now is on exactly. an iPhone. Exactly. And let's hope that it's an intern and not him. But after reading the tweets, it still seems it's, like it's him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, uh, just sort of as an aside, my wife has an interesting theory about uh, some of our our, uh, our president's tweeting, which is that it seems that a lot of his um, most um, off the wall tweets come either like in the middle of the night on a Saturday morning, you know, in between Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. uh, is when a lot of those come. And uh, my wife, who is uh, Jewish, noted that that is when Trump's daughter and son-in-law are celebrating or or, uh, not celebrating, but observing the Sabbath. And so they are unplugged, you know, as observant Jews are. And so there that's when he has his opportunity to say what's really on his mind, because his son-in-law and daughter are not there to say, don't do this. Ah. Right. (laughs) That's her theory, which I think uh, is kind of interesting. There's there's definitely a pattern there. <laughs> what you going to do? But at least now now he's on an iPhone, so he's somewhat more secure. Maybe. I, the weird thing is, again, I mean, this is <laughs> this guy is running the free world in theory. And uh, the only reason we know what phone he's using is from what's coming up on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it. It really is just a really shitty movie plot that we live in the middle of right now. Thank you, Mike Judge, for rewriting the Constitution for us. We appreciate it. God, I hope the show gets canceled. (laughs) (laughs) If you described it as a movie plot, no one would believe you. I'd say, no way. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. He wrote Idiocracy. Nobody went to see it because it was too implausible. Guess what? (laughs) Yeah, you know, maybe they should do a re-release. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I said to be a lot more... A lot more interest in it. They have. It's called CNN. <laughs> ah, very good. Very Zing! Good. <laughs> very good. Well, uh, this week uh, we got a, uh, another uh, release from WikiLeaks. Um, they provided details on uh, the CIA's Mac and iPhone hacking tools. 
Well, there goes that secure presidential phone. Yep. <laughs> That's why this is in the list, Ed, where it is. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, right they're, um This is part of the series of dumps that uh, they're calling Vault 7, um, which we've been talking about for a little while here. Um, mm-hmm. So there's some interesting things in here about how, you know, alleged uh, techniques that the CIA uses to gain access to both Macs and iPhones. Um, interesting that they still need physical access to the devices for most of these, um, you know, th- using things like um, uh, like your Ethernet dongle or your Thunderbolt dongle on your Mac laptop um, to sort of get around uh, any cleansing of the system. You know, you can wipe it clean and then you think, oh, my system's clean. And then you plug in your either your Ethernet or your Thunderbolt uh, dongle to connect to the network and... Kaboom! You're reinfected. What? Okay, so. a- answer me this then: Why can't they use the same hacks that other people use to jailbreak your phone? Because when you jailbreak your phone, all it takes is usually a URL click. Like they they exploit Safari to then own the phone and jailbreak it. So why can't they do the same kind of thing on on the target phones? Why do they still need physical access? Well, I mean, I suppose they could, but the 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 question is, um, how do you do it and not be detected? Right. Okay. Because I, I, yeah, I haven't jailbroken my phone since I had a 3GS. So um, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what happened, but I do remember that it did reboot and you did get to see, like, you know, kind of like a Linux uh, scroll at the beginning with all the, the bootloaders and stuff. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, what, what this brought up to me, though, is we sort of touched on this earlier in the show is um, this notion of Macs being secure or not secure. Um, certainly, I think it is common belief that Macs are much more secure than PCs, and I think there's a decent amount of data to back that up. But I was curious if either of you had ever heard of any anecdotal stories of anyone with Mac OS X, um, now called Mac OS, having any sort of serious virus problems, ransomware, a virus, anything like that, actually in the wild from someone you know who it actually happened to who was on a Mac? Zero. Nope. Everybody I know that's had ransomware is still PCs. Yeah. The, the, yeah, me no too. No exploits. Zero. I do remember uh, between System 7 and System 9 back in the old days of uh, the OS, there were uh, word macro viruses that were going around. But that's right. the only thing I ever heard of. There were a couple Mac, um, yeah, just literally Word macro viruses. You pop, you open up a Word doc, and then boom, you're infected. But yep. since OS ten, I have, I don't know anybody that has got a, gotten a single virus. And everybody I know uses a Mac, and we're on this thing twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Nobody, yeah. nobody. And some of the people that we know are not so bright and don't do anything to protect themselves. <laughs> Speak so. for yourself. Well, and- All my friends are geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely some out there, and we've certainly seen reports of them. You know, we reported about them on the CyberWire that that every now and then there will be, you know, word of a new one out there. Um, There's a new but one this I week. Have yeah. Never, yeah, I have never heard of anyone actually getting one. I have seen them pop up, you know, randomly, you know, surfing around on the web. I've seen, you know, the window pop up that says, your Mac is infected. Click here to clean your Mac and, you know, download this file. So... So, you know, people who are trying to come at you, who know that you're on a Mac, are trying to deliver some kind of payload that is Mac specific. Um, but even then, you know, if you if you uh, launch that, it's going to say 
the the operating system is going to say that you know this hey this is something that you downloaded from the internet are you sure you want to run it yeah. it just seems like it's uh it's buttoned up a lot better than the pc and like you guys i have never heard any anecdotal evidence from someone you know other than a friend of a friend of a friend um, about anyone getting infected on a Mac. I'm sure our listeners will will let us know otherwise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, please uh, do. If you've ever gotten <laughs> gotten slammed by this, let us know. But I think yeah. the, I think the code signing that Apple does, and it's difficult to find how you like let third party apps get installed on your on your system. You know, they do a really good job of that. You yeah, know, they do. you have to go into security and you have to select let anybody run apps on my machine. And even then, like you know, most of us run little snitch. So we can see when something might be trying to phone home. So we've yep. got multiple layers of protection. But I, I even think for the general public, because they never change that setting. Most people who have a Mac never change that setting. So they're only right. installing software from like certified Apple developers. You know? Yep. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. Kudos, well, kudos on yeah, dead Steve Jobs for making that happen. <laughs> No, they've done a good job, but I again, I, I too am interested to hear what our listeners have to say if they uh, if they know of people who it happened to and how it happened. So, you can, uh, you moving can, on, actually, you can write us at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com or go to gog.show and use the contact form to let us know if you have been hit by a Mac virus. Please do; we're interested. Yes, yeah, please do. So the new man may not be able to break in, but uh, apparently they're trying to build uh, the batteries to be bombs on iPads. Yeah, we had this uh, report this week um, about. Uh, well, we we had this uh, this ban yes. where uh, the the U.S. government has banned certain types of electronics on on planes coming from certain airports. Uh, Ten Muslim majority countries and its laptops, iPads, and any device larger than a cell phone aboard That's direct right. inbound flights to the U.S. Right now, tell me what you guys thought when you first heard about this. That seems ridiculous. It seems like an end around just to piss off people because they couldn't get their immigration ban done. It seemed like it, but, you know, now that you guys just talked about this, that, you know, there might be a threat from, you know, lithium ion batteries that that, that might be plausible. But except for the fact that the Trump administration itself has maintained that there is no credible specific threat. So here was my thought process on this. Like you guys, when this first came out, I was suspicious that this was. You know, just another way of of um, the Trump administration maybe doing an end around on, um, you know, their Muslim ban or, you know, doing one of the types of things that they've shown the capability of doing. Basically um, being dicks. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, when the British got on board, um, you know, that made me think, hmm, all right, so. Perhaps there's something to this. Okay, I didn't know the British were on board. I missed that part of the the story because I had a yeah. long week. But if the yeah, British no. are on board and we're on board, that 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 de- definitely lends to some credibility. Yeah, to something that they they saw in the wires. Now hold on a second. Now I I am generally not the one to put on the tinfoil conspiracy hat, but I did read <laughs> something else in a different point of view on this one, which also includes the British, and that's when it started yeah. to get into really strange conspiracy theories. Was it on Infowars? No, it was not. I can't. <laughs> Just checking. But there, was, there was a theory that was floated that said that Trump has had a beef with some of the owners of these airlines, and they're all foreign airlines, not American airlines. And they there is a theory put out that this ban is basically meant to cause them financial hardship because people who are doing these long flights obviously want to have their devices. They're, they're business people. They want to be working, et cetera, et cetera. And this will right. force them to use American airlines as opposed to these 
you know, foreign controlled airlines. I need to go check to see if you, if you stole all my Reynolds wrap. I know. Because that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. I mean, and even uh, Emirates Airlines already said, yeah, we're fine. We're going to go to Athens first and then bounce back over. Because if they if they do a layover, then guess what? It's <laughs> it's void. It's null and void. You have to be on right. a direct flight. Which, yeah. Okay. Which is why so much of this stuff is so stupid anyways. It's ridiculous. It's, it's fucking security theater. And <laughs> we've talked about this for years, and this is just security theater. Yeah. Well, I think, again, you know, with the British getting on board um, and, and, and the Brits saying that there, there actually is specific intelligence leading them to believe that, um, you know, there could be a real uh, imminent threat when it comes to this sort of thing. And, um, you know, a... a, a not any sort of cyber threat, an actual physical threat of trying to come up with something that, uh, you know, could explode. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, the question is, if you're trying to get something to explode, is it better off having it underneath the plane or in the plane? Because um, you can still, and what it's making them, you do is put your device under the plane. I suppose what it does is keeps someone from being able to assemble something, you know, get, uh, you know, I I don't know, I'm just making something up here, <laughs> folks, but, um, you know, get 10 lithium batteries from 10 different people on the plane and somehow wire them together and, you know, and, and kaboom or something like that. Totally, totally making something up, not saying that that's at all a plausible sort of thing, but, you know, some kind of threat where you would need to have access to the thing that was going to cause the trouble versus right. putting something under the plane. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting one. You know, like, like I said, like you guys, I was really skeptical of it, but then I saw when the Brits got on board that made me take a closer look at it. And since right. the Brits are on board, it's called Security Theater. <laughs> anyway, yes. Spelled, I could... spelled R-E instead exactly. of E-R. Oh, security Theatre. <laughs> theater. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely things that you can do if you have access to multiple batteries. But if it's even if it's cell phones, you can you can rip open enough cell phones to get a decent charge out of these batteries. Have you seen anybody poke a lithium ion battery and pour water on it? It explodes. You can do oh, this yeah. with cell phones. It, so the ban, it, it, I mean, anybody that's ever fucking seen MacGyver can figure this stuff out. But I guess they don't have they don't have MacGyver in ISIS controlled territories. So what are you going to do? Yep. Let's Apparently move on. Not. Let's move on, and we'll keep an eye yep. on this one as it goes. All right. Well, uh, okay. Congress has repealed the FCC's privacy rules for ISPs, which was basically a nightmare doom scenario that has now come true. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, the, Sen- the Senate has passed it. We're waiting on the, the House. So yeah. we're, we're halfway there. Hopefully. We're half- just we're, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, if you want to know how bad this could go, uh, the EFF has put together just the top five worst things that will happen. Uh, if this goes through, which also we you know, include obviously selling all your data to marketers, which is kind of happening anyways, um, hijacking your searches, which means they will go somewhere else to collect the data before it moves on to Google, because let's not pretend that anybody's using Bing, um, snooping through your traffic and inserting ads, good times, pre-installing software on your phone and recording every URL you visit, and one, number one, injecting undetectable, undeletable tracking cookies in all of your HTTP traffic, good times. Well, yeah. which which they did before. And that's yes, <laughs> before EFF, this law yeah. was in effect. They did that before the report actually does. And they did a really good job on this. They point out which ISPs did which before they were told not to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So fun times. So we're going it back is. to the dark ages. Uh, okay, it's, I see. I see a troubling. special episode of Grumpy Old Geeks on how to get around this shit because there are there ways. Are ways. To, yeah, there are ways yes. to get around it, and there's no such thing as an undeletable cookie. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, you know this troubles me. On the the, the undeletable cookie thing uh, is troubling just because you know people think that they're using some sort of private browsing mode or or whatever, and. And they're not. Um, the other thing why this annoys me is that, you know, if you talk to the legislators, they'll say, well, you know, it's just a free market solution. If you uh, if you don't like <laughs> what your ISP is doing, just switch to another ISP. If only we had a truly competitive ISP situation here in the United States. Yeah, I yeah, would love such, to do that's that. That's such a load but of crap. We do not. Yeah. There, there is literally only one I can have here. There isn't another yeah. option. I have a question. Uh, didn't we pass legislation a long time ago that requires them to get a warrant before they get your library checkout history? <laughs> I believe that is true. Yeah, this yeah. seems to me to be in the same exact vein. Is, well, is rather that, shockingly, is, yeah. the law is not keeping up, is it? <laughs> no, no. You know, we, 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 need that, we need that Google balloon solution to provide us with our ISP needs. Except the guy quit. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> yeah. No loon for you. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about farmers. I want. To, I want to talk about something happier. Let's talk about farmers. <laughs> John Deere, the American brand. Come on. We can't have anything bad happening with John Deere, can we? I thought the farming dating site had gotten hacked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, John man. Deere is uh, as American as uh, apple pie, right? Yep. Yeah. It's an interesting issue. I mean, so story here from Motherboard about um, the story is called Why American Farmers Are Hacking Their Tractors with Ukrainian Firmware. Uh, you know, what could possibly go wrong? But, <laughs> was, you um, beat me to it. You beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's an interesting point. And, and it's this um, the issue is called right to repair. And it's it's an issue not just for tractors, but something that people are concerned that we're already seeing and are going to see more of just with regular cars. Boing Boing yeah. has been covering um, the, this for 20 years or well, however the, long they've been around. But yeah. Yeah. The maker community is all over this right now with yeah. kind of Adam Savage kind of leading the charge on it. He is pissed about this stuff. Oh, yeah. And but yeah. I mean, like, this is nothing new. So yeah. now it's just into into farming and tractors well, and and but I just want to say what happens when we see our first tractor ransomware? I want all your corn in Bitcoin. <laughs> I want Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting framing of it, right? I mean, it's sort of um, you know the 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 friendly farmer, you know. Uh, uh, who who makes our food and you know it, it um, to be up against the the big bad company who's telling them that you know you cannot fix your tractor out in the field without having one of our servicemen come and fix it for you and I these things cost describe... more than a house I mean it's bullshit yeah. these things cost more than a house they should be able to get an update to their software it's what we've been worried about and screaming about for a long time it's the fact that when we purchase something now every we don't really own it. And and this is a problem, and we should own it. It's ridiculous. You should be able to do if you want to take that tractor and just you know do whatever the hell you get, turn it into a transformer. I don't care. That's what you paid. You bought it. Do it. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it'll be interesting to see too. You know, uh, again, what, what we're just sort of back up for a little bit. If people don't know what we're <laughs> talking about, what we're talking about is that the tractors tractors now have software, like pretty much any mechanical device. Your car, the tractors. You know, a big part of how they work is with software. And so um, when they break down or if this, tr this software needs to be 
updated. Um, part of what the software does is it can, you know, check the engine out and determine what's the problem and recalibrate things if things go wrong within the engine or any of the other equipment on the tractor. But the way it works is that um, the only way that you can get that software is through an, an authorized John Deere dealer. Uh, or representative, and that, uh, surprise, surprise, is kind of like going to your car dealer. It is expensive and can also take a lot of time. If you're out in the middle of nowhere in your farm, and the only way to get your tractor running again is to have some guy who's halfway across the state, and reminder, those western states are pretty darn big, um, it may take time, and meanwhile, your crop is out there, you know, rotting away in the field. And yep. these things all run on GPS now. It's like these guys, they, they put in waypoints and, and paths, and they just kind of kick back in the back. It's like that old Simpsons episode where, you know, Homer figured out that all of the semis run on the, you know, the AI brain. But these <laughs> tractors actually do that. You know, they put in paths, and those tractors run themselves based on GPS. So I cannot believe that they don't have like, you know, 3G or 4G modems in them to do over the air updates. I mean, Tesla's have it. Why can't a $200,000 tractor have it? Why do you have to wait for some nerd in a John Deere hat to come to your farm (laughs) and drive out in the field to plug in a USB plug and, and update your software? Well, and so the, what this has done is it's created a black market for the software, um, either, you know, hacked versions of the software or just some of the diagnostic software itself where uh, you can pay, a, you know, a nominal fee and um, get the software to, to, to do it yourself. Uh, so, but then you run into questions of have you voided your warranty on your $200,000 tractor by running unauthorized software? So it's a big mess. You got to use the Onion browser to get onto the dark farm. <laughs> <laughs> and you've also probably broken the the computer fraud and abuse act by doing that. That or is at true least too. The D, at least yeah. the DMCA. You know, there there are many laws that you've broken when you put in illegal firmware on your computer on a tractor that you have signed a contract for when you bought that tractor. So these guys are technically outlaws. In 2015, the Librarian of Congress approved an exemption to the Digital Millennium Copyright Act for land vehicles which includes tractors. Oh, okay. I knew they did that for phones, so you can legally right. jailbreak your phone. I did not know they did that for vehicles too. Okay, cool. Right. So so here's the catch. So so I'm, I'm reading from the article here. It says, the exemption allows modification of computer programs that are contained in and control the functioning of a motorized land vehicle, such as a personal automobile, commercial motor vehicle, or mechanized agricultural vehicle, when circumvention is a necessary step undertaken by the authorized owner of the vehicle to allow the diagnosis, repair, or lawful modification of a vehicle function. So you are allowed to repair the vehicle, but... <laughs> you avoid your <laughs> warranty. But hell yeah, well, Library of Congress. Thank you. No, it's yeah. So the Librarian of Congress was doing the right thing. But when you buy the tractor, you agree to wait for it mm-hmm. an end user license agreement. Oh, fucking oh, EULAs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so the end user license agreement disallows all of the activities that are allowed by the Librarian of Congress. OK, so I was right the first time. <laughs> yep. Yep. You were. By you sitting were. on this seat and getting some corn, you have agreed to the EULA. Yeah, nice. right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, hopefully we'll see a resolution to this. I, I think what what is as this is sort of a canary in a coal mine because, you know, cars are doing nothing but getting more computerized. 
and yep. uh, the dealers would like nothing more than for you to not be able to go to your neighborhood garage to have anything done because, you know, put new brake pads on your car. Well, that requires a computer recalibration. And we're the only ones with the tool because it's all encrypted. 200 you know, bucks, please. 200 bucks, 200 bucks, 200 right. bucks. That's yeah. that's the future people are afraid of. And I think there's a legitimate concern there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Oh, scary. Okay. Be sure to check out Dave every weekday on the Cyberwire podcast over at thecyberwire.com. And we will talk to you next week, Dave. Thanks for dropping by. All right, guys. Good talking to you. At the library. So I got some new books. Woohoo. I got The Collapsing Empire by John Scalzi, who we've been talking okay. about a lot recently. Mm-hmm. It's his new book, just came out. Awesome. All right. Uh, it's a whole new universe, very cool universe, and I really, really enjoyed it. And it got me on the Scalzi kick again. And I went back because we were talking about the Old Man's War series. Yes. And I went back and I looked. Uh, book two is called The Ghost Brigades. Yes. I had already reviewed that on the show. Oh, you had, you have read it. Yeah, I okay. have read it, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at my Audible rating, and I gave it a four star, not a five, but a four. So I went and bought book three. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm just getting started on it, so I can't uh, talk about it yet. It's called The Last Colony. It is definitely different, but it's the same same cast of characters. And um, so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. Uh, Amazon, for both uh, Old Man War Book 2 and Book 3 on your pages, you still have HTML tags showing up in your descriptions. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, got some, we got paragraph tags. Way to go, Amazon. <laughs> good job. Future of commerce. Well, good. I, I'm glad to hear that, that you enjoyed it, because I will be eventually reading Book 2 and probably 3, so... Yeah, I'll let you know when I'm done with book three, if it's worth uh, continuing on. It's definitely different, but I like it so far. It's it's definitely a different take. But, to say, but it's the same character, so it's not like, you know, a laundry files where they just change up the protagonist every time. Thank gosh. Yeah. Uh, I've got another article in here that talks about uh, John Scalzi and his 10-year collaboration with, uh, is it Tor Books? Yeah, Tor. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got to publish 13 novels over the next 10 years. And this is okay. the this is the first one, so right. uh, get writing, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go into the article, but uh, definitely check it out. It is in the show notes. All right, and I have a bit of feedback or feedback. I have a bit of follow up. Uh, last week, I was complaining about NetGalley and how you may not get some of the higher level author books because Daniel Suarez has a new book out called Change Agent, which you got through NetGalley, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I had signed up and requested it and did not get it. I'm wondering if somebody over there listens to our show uh, because four days after our episode came out, all of a sudden it appeared on my shelf. There you go. So I have now been approved for Change Agent by Daniel Suarez, and I have downloaded it, and I uh, hope to have it finished by next week. Cool. I'm about 10% into it, and I'm digging it. You're going to really like it. All right. The, well, only thing, you, the only thing I'm trepidatious about is, are we going to have the scientist and the love interest? But Oh, you know we are. Ups and doodads. Dr. David Teeter. I wonder if he's still walking around every single day catching Pikachus. <laughs> because apparently millions of Americans are still playing Pokemon Go every day. Now, interest in the game has faded quickly and it probably won't ever totally recover, but uh, it is not shark finned entirely. There is a very long tail and it's been pretty solid, consistently around 5 million daily unique visitors as of late last year, apparently, are still playing on the reg, as it were. That's respectable. 
That's not bad. I, I think that I would call that a success as a game. I certainly a lot more playing that still than anybody that got Mario Run or whatever the hell that was. Oh, God. Yeah, no. I I, I think I still have it on my phone. I may have deleted it, but because mm. I'm not going to pay for anything else. I, I got my 10 bucks worth out of it, you know, yeah. so. Right. That was fine. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, his his lovely lady uh, Chen is coming to see me uh, on Tuesday. We're going to hang out and go get some good food. So I will ask her if David is still running around uh, playing <laughs> playing Pokemon. Yeah. But Darklands. This is an old 8-bit game that I used to play on my, you know, one of my IBMs way back in the day. And uh, Fogarty, friend of the show who does all of our VOs. Yep. Turned me on to the fact that it's on Steam. Okay. I bought it. I bought it because my first version of Darklands that we played for probably 100 hours had a bug in it because we had version one that would never let you win the game. So in right. this now it's seven bucks. I bought it. I'm, I've got it. This is going to be kind of my go-to, like, I need to unwind and, and have a little nostalgia moment. Yep. So I got it. I'm playing it. It's it's an old school, like, super cheesy 8-bit game. But it's, you know, it's D&D-like. You control four characters, all the different, you know, races and stuff like that. But in, unless you're an old fucker, you really aren't going to care about this. But if you are and you've played Darklands... Now you can go get it on Steam. So if you if you're if you're gonna pick this up and play this, drop us an email or a tweet and let us know because I'm really curious if there are any Darklands fans that listen to the show. Okay. I also bought Borderlands Triple Pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Borderlands is one of those games that's supposed to be you know it's it's a first person shooter, snarky, funny. Uh, for the 360, I got it because I I got a free 360 from a friend of mine, and uh, I started playing it and it just I hate. The, using the Xbox controls for a first-person shooter. I'm a quake guy. I need a keyboard and a mouse. But I'm 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 working my way into it. I'll get better at it. But it's mm-hmm. just fun to have another, like, you know, something I can sit down on the couch when there's nothing on TV and just shoot something. Makes right. me happy. Makes me very happy. So <laughs> I'm just trying to get back into games. After, you know what, you know what it was? Uh, when we covered that story on uh, Twitch... Mm-hmm. how they were like turning into a Twitter client and I watched some people playing the game that got my bug back in me to play more games. It really did. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to have, you know, I'm trying to unwind a little more instead of just watching whatever I can find on TV. Um, right. You know, that's really what I'm I'm trying to get to, but I did unfortunately download the entire two seasons of blunt talk. So <laughs> I, I have to watch those first. <laughs> You know, I, I, I watched the first four episodes of that show and I actually really did love it. And I just never went back and I don't know why. So there's two full seasons. You can get them in Sweden. And if yep. you want to get them, you can go get the ah. Goo Bang Do. Yes, <laughs> I brought this to your attention. I brought this to your attention last week and asked how could this possibly be legal and not just even being sold by a third party on Amazon, being sold by Amazon itself. It's just a computer. That's why. Right. It's just okay. a computer. It's got software. You have to manually enable the the evil bits. The right. thing about the Goo Bang Do, and which is why this is the last thing I'm ever going to buy on Amazon that you recommend for me. Um, I didn't recommend it. <laughs> this, well, kind of, <laughs> kind of, sort of. When you say that there's an easy way to get stuff from Sweden, that's kind of like in my wheelhouse. So right. my eyes glint, my teeth get a little ping on it. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to go get them. Uh, so I bought this thing. Got it home, got it set up, took me an hour to set it up, um, mainly because the power button on the, the Goo Bang Do uh, remote is basically a Roku remote, which 
really doesn't like my Roku TV. <laughs> so I'd power on the Goobang and it would power off my TV and I'd power on the TV and it would power off my Goobang. <laughs> so I was stuck in kind of a loop there for a little bit. Finally got it working and then I got my, uh, I got an hours pop keyboard, which is you have to like plug in one of those little USB dongles and that mm. way it's not, it's not using the IR. So I got it to work with that. So I was all good. Took me about 45 minutes, and then I'm watching an illegal version of The Devil's Advocate just by pressing some buttons. Gotcha. So it's a Cody box. I talked about Cody when I when we were talking about this last week, and it is a Cody box. That's all it is. It runs on Android. Um, and my friends say Exodus for Cody is what you need to get. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it's like that's where all the good stuff is. So if you're on a Cody box or have Cody installed on your, your computer – then uh, go check out Exodus. There will be a link in the show notes if you are uh, in line to be a pirate. Arr. Yeah, and uh, theoretically, I'm I'm very against the idea, and I believe that you should pay for everything that you use. But riddle me this, stupid ass cable providers like Time Warner Spectrum okay. or whatever the hell you're called for me today. Uh, why do you block certain channels from you? everything? You make it so damn hard. Is what you fucking do, which is why I might get one of these damn boxes. Now, this is a bad example because the one thing these boxes are not good for is sports. But this has happened to me for non-sports things many, many times. But let me just tell you what happened to me on on Wednesday. I I, I want to go. Germany is playing a friendly against England. It's it's Lucas Podolski's final game for Germany. It's on ESPN. It's on ESPN Deportes, which is the Spanish version, or ESPN three, which is I the saw that only on version. I saw that on the box. So okay, well, see, I'm definitely going to get one of these. So no, I go well, down. To, we'll we'll go there, but keep keep talking about the sports. I, I go down to my local. I figure well, surely they'll be playing it because it, they play a lot of soccer. Nope, they don't get those channels. All right, well, I'm already there. I've ordered some beer. I've got some food coming. Bring up my laptop. Sign into my Time Warner cable that I pay for. Bring up my browser that has all the channels. Sorry, you're not connected to your home network. Only certain channels will be available to you. Rat bastards. Well, here's the problem, and here's why they're so fucking stupid. Then I just go to ESPN's website, and I sign in using my Time Warner credentials, and all the channels are available. What what the hell? (laughs) Somebody's left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. But this is all over the map. This isn't just ESPN. This is like everything is so stupid and so hard and so many fucking hoops and so many sign-ins and you can't do it this way. But if you rat fuck yourself and make a right hand turn and then twist your nuts with the left and then stick a fucking fork in your eye, then you can actually watch it. What the hell, people? And this is why I'm just going to get a goo bang or whatever the hell it's called. Actually, just go get an Amazon uh, Fire Stick and then you can put Cody on that and attach that to a Bluetooth keyboard and you will spend... Uh, roughly 40% of what I paid for the Goobang. That was my okay. point. The Goobang is the most expensive option that you can get for doing this stupid shit. There are okay. so many other boxes out there that are half as much, but you can just get an Amazon Fire Stick, and there are in, there are instructions on the Cody site on how to go download Cody, reflash the ROM on the Fire Stick for 35 The Fire Stick costs 35 bucks, and you yep. can attach a generic Bluetooth keyboard to it, which you have to do. You have to have a keyboard. Um, so that's the way to go. All right. Well, with the money that you've saved, you can now go purchase a $5,000 Dell 32 inch 8k desktop display to watch all your stuff on. And you know, not that anybody has programming for 8k yet. 7680 by 4320. 
with a pixel density of 280 ppi fuck you you can get it right now <laughs> and, for five thousand dollars and the computer to run this will show up in six years <laughs> and the broadcasting to be able to enjoy it will show up in 15 unless you want to watch porn and really get close up on that zit i mean 4k is over it's overkill already so this I, I, is yeah. stupid and you and yeah. by the way you can i think the dell or the lg 4k monitors are on sale for like 300 bucks that's not bad. Actually. Yeah, I, w- I was going to pick one up <laughs> for that, but uh, I don't have 300 bucks, so I can't. Go buy my course at propodcasting.school. <laughs> <laughs> and Apple has released a new app. They've given up on being a social network themselves. Remember Ping? Ping. That was fun. Oh, that yes. was so painful. Well, at least they haven't bothered anymore. They've realized that they cannot compete. However, they want to get in the game somehow because they're sick of everybody else's apps running on their phones. Uh, So they've released a new app called Clips, which makes social videos for other social networks. It basically steals from everybody else's networks uh, and brings in the ideas like filters and blah, blah, blah. And you can just build super easy, really dumb videos to share with your friends. Here's an idea. Fix Mm -hmm. iTunes. Oh, come on. Trent Reznor's Trent Reznor's working day and night on on version two. Yeah, for the for the phone, but not the not iTunes itself for the computer. Fix iTunes. iTunes is a steaming pile of shit. Well, look, fix the phone one too. That one also sucks balls. Let's that one's un- that it's one unusable. Off. It's utterly unusable. Yeah, it, iTunes is ridiculous, and it's it should be your flagship application. So I agree with you on that. Get on it, Trent. What the hell? All right, so we're getting a whole bunch of new emojis apparently, including genders of magical humanoids. I don't know what any of that means, and I think that what people have to start realizing is that when you spend a half an hour searching for an emoji, it is no longer a quick form of communication, is it? And that was the whole fucking point. It takes forever <laughs> to find a fucking emoji. But I do like that if you start typing something in and it kind of matches an emoji, it will oh, show you. that to you in the little three pane shot, like, you know, quick pick. Yeah, the iOS emoji autocomplete is kind of clever. Yeah, but it's still, it, it, it never gives me the one that I want, so. Yeah, basically you should just set your phone to only give you the dick. <laughs> the, the eggplant? really all you're looking for, yeah. And I got a little kitchen tech for nerds. I got the Instant Pot 7-in-1 multifunctional pressure cooker. This mm-hmm. is like a crock pot on meth. This will cook anything that you want in a third or 10% of the time that a crock pot will. I've cooked so much stuff in this thing. And being a single guy who does not like to, well, I like to cook, but I only like to cook when I have friends around. Uh, this is the best of both worlds. You can make delicious food in it, and it's a hundred bucks. Um, honestly, dude, if you if, and I told you you should get one. Everybody should have one. A bunch of my friends on Facebook have them. They're just like, I love my instant pot. <laughs> Seriously, okay. get one. And then I got this Cuisinart uh, massive eight cup food processor in gunmetal gray because. You know, you need that yeah. for a food processor. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when you're when you're chopping a ton of vegetables for going in the instant pot for your veggie soup every day, it really helps. But uh, yeah, that's nice looking. I like that one. It's really nice. It it it's. I mean, it's got like a 18 horsepower motor in it. Yep. <laughs> it's. I I can cut through so many. And and what are they? Turnips. Turnips are the bane of my existence to cut by hand. This thing just mm-hmm. tears them up. Tears them up. I think there's an emoji for a turnip. Uh, I, I believe there. I'm sure there is. Um, and I found another link to Modern JavaScript for Ancient Web Developers. This is by Gina Trapani, who you will know as, uh, since you're a Lifehacker fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a founder of Lifehacker. Okay. And she's a, you know, she's a hardcore coder and, and just, it's a good read 
going through like what old folks like us need to know <laughs> about how to figure out how the fuck JavaScript works. Um, yeah, I've this done is why it. I don't want to code anymore. No, you don't. It was just it was a, it was a fun read. It gave me a little PTSD. I had the shakes for a little bit, um, but because I've done a lot of JavaScript programming and I never ever fucking want to do it again. I don't care I how it. ancient I am. Here, here's a tip for ancient web developers: stop being a web developer. Take Jason's podcasting course. Media candy. Little follow up on the Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg thing we talked about a couple weeks ago. How mm-hmm. uh, Nick Frost and Edgar Wright are going off on their own to do a new project. Yes. And I'm like, where's Edgar Wright? What's he doing? Well, it turns out he's been doing a movie called Baby Drive. The trailer okay. the trailer dropped recently. Um, looks good. It's a basically a car chase, bank heist kind of movie. It's, ac- yeah. it's action packed. Um <laughs> The trailer's really fun. Uh, the posters are fantastic because they're old school like illustration, which right. I really like. I really dig the trailer, uh, the posters for the movie that came out with the trailer. So check those out. But yeah, right. that's where Edgar Wright's been. So he's busy. Okay. He's been busy. busy. Well, good. I, I'm interested in seeing this. Um, let's <laughs> regarding my previous rant about uh, trying to get ESPN to work anywhere. Uh, thanks a lot, Amazon, uh, for not having season two of The Expanse at all. Uh, thank you a lot, Time Order Spectrum Cable, again, for not having episode one through four of season two on demand. So after I finally finished season one of The Expanse, I was ready to power on through, and I had to go to Sweden. Well, if you had a so, guy pan box, you'd, you'd be set. I know. Apparently, I would. So I finally did catch up. I've, I'm caught up to the latest episode now, because as soon as I got the first four episodes from Sweden, I was able to use the on demand and, and the Sufi app. Uh, to be able to get through and power through the rest of them so i am caught up all right what do you think so far i liked season one better really <laughs> i really did i, I like I, season I, two better i i didn't care for season one i like the show a lot i think it's it's really well done uh i finding season two beyond predictable and this could just be me binging it that's causing that problem. Maybe if there was more time in between them and I was doing other things with my life, except for thinking about the expanse uh, for the last two weeks, perhaps that would have happened. But I, I just found uh, season one. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't know who the characters were. It was super interesting to get into the world and and see the politics and, and, and everything else. Season two. Oh, OK, this is going to happen. 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 Well, see, I was I was kind of sideswiped because you talked about the characters that were missing from the you know the Siffy website and yes. you know you didn't well, get you to have see to that realize part, so. I, I said that after only watching the first episode of yeah. the expanse in which they blew up in the second episode the entire ship that they were on blows up so almost half the people that i thought were going to be main characters were gone. Yeah, that's true <laughs> yeah so yeah no i mean i i still like it i watch it every week it's one of my go-to's mm-hmm. for sure um and i did find you can get the expanse season two uh season pass on itunes Right. So you can you can actually do it and you do. I'm I'm assuming have a DVR. So now you can go and actually DVR it. Yeah. The thing is, I don't want to pay for a show that I am ostensibly already paying for cable for. True that. True that. Good See point. I mean? Good yes. point. You, 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 sir, have a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so I was aware of the fact that I could have purchased episodes, but I'm already paying for fucking cable. So, yeah, well, Turns out, <laughs> um, I'm glad you're watching, and hopefully we'll get more people watching, because they're on the uh, shortlist to get shit-canned for season four. They have been picked up for season three, 
But mm-hmm. in in sci-fi standard mode, um, if the numbers don't pick up for season three, that's going in the crapper. So it's going out. It's going out the airlock, as they would say. Well, I don't necessarily know if that would be a bad thing. See my comments at the very beginning of the show about the Big Bang Theory being on episode or season seven hundred and fifty-two. I I could see this being only a three or four season show and being very very good, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I just know that I mean they killed Farscape. Fuckers. Here's the one thing that needs to happen, regardless of whether this goes three seasons, four seasons, or fifteen seasons. They need to know a season out that it's ending so they can write a proper goddamn final series. Yeah. Not a final definitely. episode. Not a final episode, a final full year. I agree with you. I agree with yep. you. You know, and they but the thing is they had that written for Farscape and then they got shit canned with out of the blue. And then they right. had to go back and like tack on this like see, two hour uh, special to make it kind of wrap up. But I got to be honest with you. I don't see that sort of thing happening anymore for anything that's a cult classic. There are enough people watching this that even if Siffy were to go ahead and pull the plug on it, Hulu or a Netflix or somebody would finance four or five episodes. Yeah, that's true. Netflix to the rescue. Yeah, it's a different world now. I don't see any show like this just being yanked anymore. Yeah, imagine imagine if Netflix existed when Firefly got canceled. Oh, my God. Right. The world we would live in. Uh, so Rogue One, a Star Wars story, came out this week. Well, it came out a couple of months ago. I saw it in the theater, but... Well, this came out on on home video, whatever the hell that means these days. Well, it's on, it's Not- on, it's on digital, and ne- next week you can buy it on a plastic disc if that's your thing. Right. So I, yeah, I got it from the iTunes store. I watched it again. Really enjoyed it. Um, didn't love it as much as I did in the theater the first time. Not sure if it's going to hold up to repeat viewings, but incredibly well done. Uh, probably technically the best Star Wars sh- movie ever made. Just didn't have the feels that the other ones do. Well, here's the thing. Like when I watched uh, episode eight in the theater, I thought it was the best thing I ever saw. When I watched it at home, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. So I think Rogue One probably has the same thing. So you you get that gloss by a first viewing and b the theater experience. Mm, yeah. You know, I think there, you may be right about that. There's two things that are in play there. But uh, some some man named Barry Fong mm-hmm. went through and did the uh, the ending of Rogue One and tied it directly into A New Hope. Right. I didn't add this to the show notes until today because I saw it on Monday or Tuesday and I'm like, this is Mm -hmm. not going to last. This is not going to be online that long. And amazingly, it's still online and it's gotten over a million views on Vimeo. It's almost perplexing because it is Disney and and they basically pull everything at any second for any time. And they have, you know, the biggest uh, they are the evil empire of lawyers. They actually are contractually. If you're a lawyer for Disney, you have to wear the stormtrooper outfit now. It's part of the contract. (laughs) Um, But it's shocking. But until you realize that there's no attempt to put it's nine minutes total of footage, like approximately four from each film. And it's almost a perfect advertisement for Rogue One. I was going to say, I have an idea. I think Barry Fong might actually work for Disney, and this could be a covert advertisement for the release of Rogue One. I, I watched it. I had that thought. I noticed that it had almost a million views. I noticed that it was being shared left, right, and center, and I was like, "This, if Disney actually did this as a rogue advertising campaign, it would be quite genius. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody over there might have a brain. So mm-hmm. uh, That's that, what I would have suggested doing. Exactly. Because everybody wanted to see it. And now it's out there. There you go. 
Next <laughs> next month, uh, the Rogue One New Hope video comes out, and yep. uh, there you go. Rolls right into it. No credits, no nothing. Yep. Um, we talked about The Circle, the book by Dave Eggers a long time ago. I friggin' hated that book. Yeah, well, now it's a movie. Great. I'll friggin' <laughs> hate the movie. Yeah, I watched the trailer. It, it, I went to go see, when I went to go see Kong Skull Island, the mm-hmm. trailer came up while we were uh, waiting for the actual movie. 26 minutes of trailers, by the way. Thank you Jesus. very much. 26 minutes. And this is why I stay home and watch new movies on my Goobang. <laughs> exactly. Your Mugu Guy Pan is what I'm going to call it from now on. Um, and I was watching this and it reminded me a hell of a lot of the movie Antitrust from a long time ago, from 2001 right. with Ryan Philippi. I liked Antitrust a lot. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am of three people who actually like that movie a lot. And uh, this trailer just reminded me, I, I just had flashbacks of antitrust when I was watching this trailer. I have, I never saw antitrust. I hadn't watched the circle trailer either. You have them both in our show notes. And as you were talking about them, I was just randomly clicking through on the YouTube video, bringing up stills for both. Yeah. The trailers look almost exactly shot for shot the same. That's what I'm saying. I mean, okay. it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're doing. But uh, when I just click, click, click on the top uh, on the circle trailer and then go down and click, click, click on antitrust, it just looks like older haircuts. That's what I'm saying. It's, it, <laughs> okay. it is so it is uncannily similar All that, right. it, you know, if you watch antitrust, you probably you're going to get the gist of the circle because I right. think Dave Eggers got the idea when he was drunk one night and watched antitrust okay. because it's really, really close. But I, I enjoyed Antitrust. I thought I thought it was a fun movie. I mean, it was like the first hacker movie after Hackers came out. Right. Uh, it was like five years later. But um, it, I mean, we had a dry spell there for a bit. But yeah, I liked Antitrust a lot. I, okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, and now Joanne Wick is apparently out, uh, also known as Atomic Blonde, uh, Charlize okay. Theron's uh, version of uh, John Wick as a as a woman. Uh, does not really kind of get me going. I'm not that uh, crazy into it. This is the restricted trailer, and they use that so they can have some lesbian sex scenes, oh, which, which which are you know better than the the fight scenes. I would have to say, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean it, it. It's not my. It looks okay, but not mind blowing. Since okay. I talked about John Wick on the show, I thought I had to throw that in there. And I did watch Dave Chappelle's two specials on Netflix that came out this week. Mm-hmm. If you watch the first episode, it is disconcerting yep. how much he rubs his tummy. Well, you know, he's taken a few months off and done some good eating. A few years off. But he, but there's another show from Austin that comes right after it where he's got completely different body language. It's, it's weird. If, you're like, if you'd like to watch body language and try and figure out what people are doing, you're going to look at this and you cannot stop watching him rub his tummy. I'm just, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to ruin it for you. That's, it's just one of those things that I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? His flight was delayed for the second special. So when he got to Austin, he couldn't do the barbecue joint first. So Uh, no belly rubbing. No belly rub. His belly was empty on that one. So he couldn't rub it. Yes. (laughs) But anyway, they were good. They were really good. I just wanted to finish up with that. I I really enjoyed both of them. He's, he's in full form. Excellent. Uh, speaking of people coming back, Ride have announced plans for their new album called Weather Diaries. It will be released June 16th. I'm very excited about this. Uh, they're one of the old shoegaze bands that I've loved that has done their reunion uh, recently. I, I thought they had a reunion. Last- yeah, I was going to say, didn't they have a reunion last year? 
reunion tour, now they've actually recorded an entire new album. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah. I, I, grown men were in tears at the concert. That's how good they were. So looking forward to the new album. The new songs are pretty decent. Uh, and Gorillas are also coming back with a new album, which I'm quite looking forward to as well. Uh, an awful lot of guest uh, stars on this one, including Grace Jones, Carly Simon, and Mavis Staples, three people that you would never expect to be on an album together. So quite interesting. We'll see. Uh, Gorillas has always been hit or miss for me. I definitely applaud their experimental nature, but that doesn't necessarily mean I always like their music. So we'll see what happens yeah not not really that into them but uh i am into rammstein i know yes and they have a new dvd coming out called paris um and there's a video in the show notes that is their like ad for it it's on pre-order for dvd it will be coming out in digital soon and as soon as it comes out in digital i will be buying it because they're on tour in the u.s for the first time in a very long time but they're only doing stadium to stadium shows well, you know, we're kind of open to a lot of things from Germany that we haven't been to in the past <laughs> with this new administration. Well, no, that's that's Russia, by the way. <laughs> um, I was uh, thinking not Nazis. Oh, okay. You're going to go there. You're going to go down. The, you, you had to say the N-word. Okay. Bannon started it. Uh, but I saw Rammstein at the Palladium. I, were you there for one of those? I no, you... I've, I've actually never seen Rammstein live. Oh, okay. I saw him twice at the Hollywood Palladium. The first time they almost set the place on fire. Because that was before they had to tone down uh, the lead singer on fire. But right. uh, both times, I was close enough to feel the heat when they set him on fire for the first song. And mm-hmm. I cannot imagine going to see him at a stadium show. It would just like watching TV. So I'm just going to rent it on TV. So Okay. Moron of the week. We hate Flash. Yes, we do. I was trying. Bane of the universe. <laughs> yes, Bane of the universe. Uh, FedEx will now give you $5 to reinstall it because their print center, when you need to print things that come from FedEx, uh, mm-hmm. only works in Flash, and they apparently can't hire any developers, but instead they will just give you $5 on your next order that's over $30. Thank you, FedEx, for bringing us back into the Stone Age. Oh, God, that's spectacularly stupid. Unbelievable. All right. Well, that's dumb. Speaking of dumb, okay. uh, hoverboards. <laughs> hoverboards have had lots of problems, including a very highly disputed uh, argument over who created the hoverboards, who owns the IP and the copyrights on such things. And of course, you know, them exploding because of the batteries being used. And the fact that they don't hover. Yeah, also, the name is also a problem. Uh, but Mark Cuban is getting involved. Uh, he decided to get involved way back in 2015 uh, and decided to buy the patent rights from Shane Chen, who he's decided is the creator of the hoverboard. I thought Segway was the big one. Well, see, he's backed away from it now. They backed away from it because they weren't sure about uh, the IP rights and they want to make sure it's Mark Cuban. So if he's involved, they have to be pretty sure. So instead, he's now started his own company called Radical Transport, or at least he's funding a company called Radical Transport to create a hoverboard called the Move, M-O-O-V. Not much is known about it specifically, except for the fact that they are going to Kickstarter it because Mark Cuban has no money. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Billionaire must be broke. Mark Cuban... It wants your money to build something that will make him money. Way to go, Mark. I guess that's how you become a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. Most billionaires I know are cheap motherfuckers. Yep. Brick a brick. Hey, Brian. Mm-hmm. Won't you head down to Sesame Street? 
I, I love that show. I, I cannot wait to show that show to my child. Yes, yes. Apparently, mm-hmm. they've been trolling Donald Trump for decades. Well, they don't need his money anymore, so maybe they knew in advance that they'd be going to HBO. Well, it also helps, though, that they're, they're funded by uh, the distribution is funded by PBS. So yes. if we lose PBS, which looks very, very likely nowadays, it's um, on the chopping block. Yes. It is on the chopping block. Uh, then they won't get the distribution. Yeah, even though it would cost much less to fund PBS than to put uh, Melania up in New York for one year or go golfing for a weekend every weekend. Yes. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Um, so, uh, yeah, they they had a uh, character named Ronald Grump, and now they have <laughs> Donald Grump uh, from the 90s. But, yeah, Ronald Grump back in the 80s was basically a land developer who wanted to do high rise of garbage cans and was trying to screw Oscar the Grouch out of his land. Awesome. That is just genius. Go back and watch the bit. That's uh, from the link in the show notes. It I, I was watching it before the show, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is this is spot on. It is so spot on. That's awesome. Uh, and the New York Times has an article that says, should 15,000 steps a day be our new exercise target? Betteridge's law would say no, but the study <laughs> says yes. This comes from Glaswegian postal workers. Um, okay. They they got a bunch of Glaswegian postal workers to sign on for this, and they had to wear um, fitness monitors. And mm-hmm. the people who had to walk all day, because um, they, they don't really have like postal trucks, they actually literally walk around Glasgow and deliver mm-hmm. the mail. Those guys were like fit as a fiddle. The people who worked in the office, not so much. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. Go figure. <laughs> Exercise makes you healthier. Yes, but <laughs> this really comes down to coronary heart disease risk and uh, larger waist circumference. Mm-hmm. Go figure again. But the coronary heart disease is what I care about. And, you know, like I'm I'm struggling to get to 10,000 steps a day because I'm still getting into spring here. But when I was doing 20,000 steps a day back in L.A., I was dropping weight like a fiend. And, right. you know, now it's just like coming out of winter. I'm like a big giant grizzly trying to shed my coat but i i, I want to get to twenty thousand again but i i, I think fifteen thousand steps a day is should be the new target because ten thousand really just isn't that much it's not I mean, that much you can do that by accident yeah so i i mean i know a lot of people just don't get up and walk and it's just you know i i've just changed a lot of things that where i would have have done it for time i would have you know hopped in the car i just make sure i make the time and i do a walk and you can get the steps easy i average between 14 and 17 a day so oh good for you that's good yeah mm-hmm. so this last one is from this songwriter and uh singer Kaiway. right uh from kansas <laughs> surprisingly okay. enough this reminded me of you walking around venice and bitching about people all the time uh it's yep. a video of her walking around uh doing like kind of a mix of her singing with like a keyboard and uh whatever the hell it is on her chest making yes. a song while she's walking and uh it's this would not be out of place i could very easily see this happen as basically when i walk out my front door i, I do note the complete lack of anybody walking around with consent forms right the thing about this though <laughs> is um I think she's pretty fucking talented. Mm. You didn't think so? You're 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 a, you're you're an ex professional musician. You're not a professional musician anymore, so but you're an ex professional musician. 
I yeah, I mean, there's there's a talent to it. I don't particularly care for it, but you and I have very differing tastes in music. Oh no, so. no, no, I, 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 you would never hear this on my fucking playlist. But I think she's got <laughs> talent. Like if I, yeah. if you go through her Vimeo videos, she's she can do like you know really good stuff. I, it's just not it's not my music. But I thought it was just really fun that she's walking around doing this in Kansas. You know, it's like there no nobody is safe. Nobody is safe. I, I'm still surprised that it's Kansas because when you I you, the videos in the show notes, I scanned through the video and I was like this. Well, there's that's a lot of white people walking in the street for like Korea, which is what I assumed this was done in. <laughs> well, she, I, I think she's Hawaiian. Uh, just yeah, from I the would name. guess Hawaiian from the name. Yeah, she's very cute. But it's funny. Like I, I looked at her Twitter feed and she's like, I never knew I walked like a trucker until I saw this video. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but and there's also a lot of mullets in the video. But yes. be forewarned. But it's a it's a cute song, and I think she's got talent. But it just reminded me that Venice is not the only place where there are people out there doing this shit every day, day in, day no. out. No, it is not. Feedback loop. We got some iTunes reviews. The first is from a five-star review from Rob Lockstow from Australia. He says, uh, wake up, sheeple. It's a great tech culture podcast. It's butte, mate. Preach. Couldn't be more... Couldn't be more Australian than that. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So thank you. Thank you. Next one comes from California Vandal, another five star. My favorite tech podcast. My favorite tech podcast. Again, I appreciate the book section. I may not read, but I have Audible. Yeah, brother. Way to go. I like getting new recommendations. Absolutely. My favorite tech podcast. We, I think we've heard that before. We appreciate that again. This is what happens <laughs> for people that don't read. They are. Hey, hey, watch it. Don't be fucking with my audible brethren. Mm-hmm. Brethren. I don't know what a brethren is. That's also something that someone would say if they didn't read. That's what somebody would also say when they had a little Jameson and they're really fucking tired. They are relevant and hilarious. A lethal combination. Like the Bittner security section too. It's security wire gone wild with Dave Bittner. Natural born pessimist who's been getting up to date with what's happening in the tech world. No better podcast for it than this. Well, thank you, California Vandal, and uh, go break some glass. Yes, thank you so much. And another five-star rating this week came in from Kid Cootie. Uh, great show. Came across this pod. Yeah. Sorry. He called it a pod, Jason. Yeah. Around February, and it's now one of my favorites. It's, it's, it's instant download and listen status to me now. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks, Kid Cootie. Thank you very much. And uh, Nick McNulty writes on Twitter, I heard it was not going to be a reboot, but a continuation. And we're talking about here, The Matrix. So the reboot writer says it's not a reboot. And uh, we have a link to Dark Horizons, and I don't care. Just stop. I really... I don't either. The problem the problem with the Matrix is they killed it with the t- with the two follow up movies, which I actually I'll just say the last one because the second one still could have been saved if the third one would have been great, but it wasn't. And I don't give a crap if it's a reboot or continuing the story or anything. Who cares? No, they, they killed it. They they fucked it up. They they they, yeah. they they literally shit the Matrix bed on that one. And you know, speaking of fucking it up, I mean, the first release put out or the first you know was all about how it's going to be a remake. So they had the writer had to come out immediately and say, "No, wait, 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 no, that's not what we're doing." Yeah. So whatever, who cares? Yeah. No, just leave it alone. <laughs> leave it. Yeah. Leave, leave Keanu alone. <laughs> yeah. 
And then we got a uh, tweet from Ivor Tola who says, you guys mentioned Philip K. Dick in your last podcast and thought you might like this from the BBC. Um, this is a link to a BBC Radio 4 show called Seriously. Uh, I was Philip K. Dick's reluctant host. Uh, Michael Walsh talks about the challenging time when writer Philip K. Dick shared his home. It's about 30 minutes long. I didn't get the chance to actually finish it, so I apologize. Yeah, I scanned it. Um, I just didn't have time. Busy week, right. busy week. And Nathan uh, Reitzma again writes in, uh, here's a nifty site for you to use for new books to read. Maybe useful for at the library and it's projectalexandria.net. I played around with this for a bit. It's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah. It it's gives interesting. You, yeah. You put in a book and it gives you like related books in a cool little like thing. I think you have to use flash though. Um, it may have activated my flash. Hmm. We don't like that. We don't like that. No, but any, either way, it's still fun to play with. Um, yep. it's, they're not giving me five bucks like FedEx, but uh, it's still check it out. It's fun. Yep. Pretty fun. And Andreas Krohn wrote in GOG podcast is Ukrainian firmware more or less dangerous than a Chinese router and gave us the link that we talked about uh, in the security segment. So thank you for sending that our way. And, you know, brilliant minds think alike. Yes. Now, here's the next one. <laughs> mm-hmm. This comes from. A just fan. Yes. I think it might have been supposed to be just a fan, but uh, this is from the website. Yep. As per your request for listener comments regarding guests, answer, no guests. No soup, no guests. The last guy really sucked and broke the rhythm of the show. Uh, Thank you, Zane Lamprey, for breaking our show. Well, you know, he was on to pimp pimp a product. He wasn't just... Here, so. and that was and that was just us being fanboys too because we we love zane and we wanted him on the show and we got him so we had to do it so get kind mm-hmm. of some slack on that one yep. the existing format including dave bittner in the security ha huh, segment is perfect as is don't change it p.s okay. here here we go p.s i'm not a trump supporter nor hillary nor bernie your slight against kellyanne conway was unfair first she's no loser Look at where the working class Jersey girl goes to work every day and the skyrocketing of her hourly rate. Second, she was not off base on the camera in the microwave comment. <coughs> oh, please. Please, Give me fucking, a fucking break. <laughs> you guys are always talking about the coming IoT apocalypse. IoT manufacturers are sticking cameras in everything and everywhere. Leo Laporte said yesterday on his Twit podcast that his oven has a camera in it, which he can control with an app to watch the turkey cook. So give Kellyanne a break. <laughs> she has four kids, a husband, the media, and Trump to manage for all our sakes. Um, no, 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 no. Never forget the Bowling Green Massacre. She is unqualified for her job. She is unqualified to be anywhere near a TV camera. No, I will not. I will not. I, I, you know, look, it'd be one thing if she did mea culpas and like, oh, I'm sorry about that whole microwave thing. That is kind of silly. And you're, you're really going out on a limb to try to, to try to give her a fucking break on that one. She's an idiot. That's not what she meant. She's a moron. She has no idea what she's talking about with security stuff. That part, that stuff was ridiculous. And she sticks by it again. There's the problem with everything that she's done. She would have come out and said, oh, the Bowling Green Massacre. I'm sorry. I got super confused. Didn't mean anything. no. She doesn't. She sticks by it. It's false information. She's the one that came up with alternative facts. Fuck her. Go to Amazon right now and send me a link to a microwave with a camera in it that faces not at the food, but at the user. And I will take back everything I just said. 
I'm glad I'm look, I'm glad you're a fan and I appreciate it, but yes. No, 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 no. Not not backing down on this one. Also, you expect me to believe that Trump's ever used a microwave? <laughs> well, he, he has chefs that bring him food. He's not he's not rolling up at 3 a.m. Trump states talking Trump states talking talking state secrets on his Android phone and and punching up a, a batch of nachos. <laughs> Trump steaks. He's got a, he's got people for everything. Anyways, yeah, no, not giving a break. But thanks for liking the show. Hopefully, you still do. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, our next one came from Roz Thomas. Uh, I've been a proud supporter of your show for a while now, and I've enjoyed many of your at the library suggestions. I've, all these people are coming out of the woodwork that actually read. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's pretty nice. Well, except for you scroll read. up and talk to the guy who doesn't read but likes Audible. Yeah, my brother. But you know, you had to shit on yeah. him. You had to shit on him. But continue. I was more shitting on you through him. He's a he's a conduit. <laughs> he is the chip to your salsa. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have recently had a coworker recommend a couple of books I enjoyed, and I'd like to share them with you. They may be a bit out of your comfort zone, but they all have a comedic theme that you both might appreciate and could use to break up your binge reading. Uh, he has a list. We'll put those in the show notes. I won't read through all of them, but thank you for sending your suggestions. Um, you don't regularly mention fantasy fiction beyond Sir Terry Pratchett, but uh, well, eh, that's because the only other one I've really read is Piers Anthony and the Xanth series, which I really liked when I was 12. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fantasy guy, so. Yeah, uh, but I would also recommend Hard Magic, book one of the Grimnor series by Larry Correa. Uh, this is read by Bronson. Oh, my God. He's one of your people. Bronson Jason. Pinchot is a fucking great reader. He's a I great know. reader. Yep, yep. Here I thought he actually read. All right. Please keep up the great work and don't let the you're the one you that put the goddamn link in the show notes that said listening to audiobooks is just as effective as reading a book. So stop it. Jason, sometimes I do things for comic (laughs) effect, so then you step on it. Yeah, well. You just did. Well, you know what? You totally stepped on it. You put your dick out there, I'm going to step on it. Uh, Somebody's (laughs) had a lot of Jameson. And I'll keep my eyes peeled on on my next trip to Pittsburgh and see if Uber is still functioning downtown. If my GPS doesn't work there for the hills and buildings, I don't see how theirs does. If you want your question to comment read on the show and get your dick stepped on, uh, please head over to GOG.show. I'm just going to step on your read now. How's that feel? All right. Finish it up then, bro. And send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. Thank you. Closing shout outs. No shout outs this week, but I'll give a shout out to my ornery co-host who's had Jameson and I'm painfully sober. (laughs) So until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And that's your own fault. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. GOG.show is our home base where you can listen to old shows, leave feedback, ask us questions, get links to our awesome sponsors and stuff we like, and research whether Jason was really wrong about the whole thing that he keeps saying he's not wrong about. If you'd like to become an official friend of the podcast, go to GOG.show slash support, where you'll find all the ways you can support the show and keep us on the air. To learn more about all the people who make the show possible, head over to GOG.show slash about. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at GOG.show slash 202.